Welcome back to 1010's Podcast. My name is Michael with Adam and Robbie. We're in the Kanga Motorsports Studios, and on the Skype machine, we have basically it's everyone's favorite track director, and I would say my personal bay, Mr. Adam's bay. <laughs> I hate looking at myself in the video. Can I turn that thing on? I don't know. <laughs> man, you I could cover so your screen. And unshaven. It's so bad. It's so manly. You look good with the yeah, beard. Yeah, no, you're manly. The beard suits you. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm still 50% construction work. We'll call you Grizzly Adams. Yeah, Grizzly Adam. Grizzly Adam, oh, perfect. Fair. See, what's wrong with that? <laughs> so, what's happening, guys? How you guys doing? Doing really good. Yep, doing that's well. Cool. So, like we talked about last week, um, I'm sure we'll talk about all kinds of nonsense like we normally do, but Adam <laughs> is going to be on to talk a little bit about um, grid life, obviously, but also beginner track day instruction and some of the changes to grid life instruction for 2018 and some of the fun stuff that you guys are doing this year. And then let's talk about other things other than grid life too. I'm sure you are actually probably (laughs) sick of talking about grid life. (laughs) I talk, I talk about grid life a lot. (laughs) Well, let's, let's jump into that then. And then we'll, it's also rad. So we'll leap off from there. So, um, probably the thing that we want to talk about most is what's changed to the instruction side of grid life for this year. Um, well, we cha- we're changing a bunch. Basically, we're changing the entire program. Uh, we've always kind of, for 15 years, we've been doing the regular, um, you know, right seat instructor kind of model, unless it's right-hand drive car, then they're in the left side, which has happened. Um, yeah. The uh, But the right seat model, it's getting harder and harder to find quality instructors. We get we, we usually have a pretty easy time getting them for our festival events, but uh, harder and harder for our track battle and uh and you know the smaller type events, um, and so that was one reason we wanted to move away from the you know every beginner gets a instructor model. Um, so that's that is one of the two reasons, and the other reason is literally just safety um, because you're getting, you know, you're getting instructors hopping in cars that they don't feel comfortable in, or I mean, literally it just comes down to numbers too. You've got twice as many bodies flying around on the track in inside of cars. So, um, and with cars getting faster and faster, uh, you get uh, you're getting you get a lot of instructors that are more and more intimidated when your run-of-the-mill streetcar, you know, with a warranty can be like a 560 horsepower, whatever. You know, there's a lot of really fast cars. So, um, so the the one of the big uh, impetuses uh, was we had a crash at Road Atlanta last year. Is that the right word? Did I say impetus wrong? That's quite a word. I don't even know. <laughs> We're just going to go impi- with it. Maybe, The impetus, impetuses. Yeah. What's impetus. the plural of impetus? Impetus. The impotence. <laughs> the impotence. <laughs> one of the major impotences. <laughs> Um, it did the, really uh, bring the whole thing the, down. The, the thing that the thing that uh, bugged me for for the whole winter um, uh, was that one of my good buddies, Dennis, uh, Dennis was uh, in the right seat of a car that going down turn twelve, which is like the big downhill right hander at Road Atlanta. Um, the checker flag is right at the bottom of that hill. Uh, and on kind of a bridge, you know, the guy waves the tracker flag and everybody drives under him and then they win the track day, right? Um, you don't win the track day when you're <laughs> in a hard 100 mile an hour right hander. You see the black fl- or the checker flag and you just lift and your BRZ oh. goes like that and goes pajamo into the giant wall. It's like a 10 foot tall wall. Um, and so Dennis was, uh, was he, he had to take a little lamp lamps ride and he got to sit at the hospital and get himself all fixed and broken bones and bruised everything. And, um, and he is still looking to uh, to uh, to pay for those things because so, not like basically nothing was covered by anybody. So um, I think his Go GoFundMe is still up there. If you want to go on GoFundMe.com and search uh, Dennis Medical Fund, it's I think it's probably the only instructor crash medical fund on GoFundMe right now. But uh, we can that was kind of we can link that it? into the show uh, in, in the notes. If it's still up, we'll definitely link it. Up. 
um, that was that was a big reason for me to really explore a lot of ideas and started talking to uh, a lot of our friends that have been in the uh, in the basically in the Track Night in America program. Uh, and I was uh, I was able to help with one of those with Tom O'Gorman at Blackhawk Farms last year. Um, and it really impressed me how well it worked because they don't have instructors in right seat of the car. Um, they do a pretty intense classroom session and then kind of a lead follow. Um, and then basically, not lead follow, but kind of like a paced first session um, to keep them from totally driving into the weeds. And, uh, and then more classroom and then kind of a, you know, they just kind of learn at their own pace. Um, and that is one, that's one thing that's always, I, I remember my first beginner day um, when I had, I had a really good instructor. Uh, he was right seat and I had a pretty fast car. It was like a 300 horsepower, 2000 pound car back then. And it was on like all seasons in the back and like Falcons <laughs> in the front. So basically I set up a civic drift car and went to HPDE. And, uh, uh, I remember getting on the track and it was like my baby. It's the car that I'm building right now into a race car. Um, and, uh, I remember getting on track thinking I'm indestructible. I have an instructor with me. He won't let anything happen. And, uh, and I was, I was fortunate enough to not stuff it and not hurt him, not hurt me. Still have the car. I've had the car for like 20 years now, 17 years, but, uh, that was like 16 years ago or whatever. And 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, I was actually helping host that event. Uh, my first day with an instructor, I was actually one of the hosts of the event, but, um, <laughs> I remember feeling indestructible because I had an instructor and, uh, we've had a few incidents where, where instructors have almost gotten hurt. Uh, we've been really, really fortunate. We've had a lot of great beginners. They've, they've listened in the, in the classroom they've listened to their instructors. They've brought safe cars, but I think primarily we've done a lot of events at safe racetracks. And as we branch out across the country, uh, we find racetracks that are less safe, like, uh, road Atlanta, where I believe the stat is one out of or four out of a hundred cars that take the track in an HPDE get totaled, which is a lot. That seems like um, a very high number. Yeah, it's very <laughs> high. So so far with Grid Life, uh, we're beating that statistic. We're under that statistic, but it still feels like a crash fest to me. Um, but it's just the nature of a big pro track with concrete walls, so that spectators can basically stand right next to the track. Um, cause they're protected by giant barriers, you know, um, and it's fast track, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's got a lot of elevation change and a lot of things to hit, but, uh, yeah. So with doing, uh, events at more dangerous tracks, uh, we're finding, you know, instructors being a little bit more leery of that. Uh, and, and also we saw, you know, we saw a little bit of promise in the track night in America program, um, with how they do instruction. So I talked to a bunch of buddies after road Atlanta, um, guys who are in that program, uh, who started some of the aspects of that program. Um, and, uh, we kind of, uh, came up with some ideas. Uh, my buddy, Scott Giles, who was actually one of the guys who created Honda challenge for NASA also, um, he, uh, he, along with Hayward Wagner and some other friends, they, you know, they basically said, Hey, let's test this. And we came up with kind of a, a format and we tested it at SCCA PDX. Um, it was like a PDX slash test day for, it was before the OVR fall sprints at mid Ohio last year in uh, October. So Mike Cohn, uh, one of our lead instructors and myself, we drove out there. Uh, we basically hosted a test day at a PDX. We, we hosted the beginner portion of it and we tried this new format. And basically the format is we put a, um, an instructor slash coach at every corner and then one in grid and we're all connected by radio so we can all talk to each other. Um, 
And so that is how you watch the track. Uh, there, there's another guy or two uh, leading the beginners around in cars um, with, you know, pace car lights on the roof or whatever. And you, you work them up to pace the first time that they're on track. But the day starts with basically tech inspection, all the regular things. Um, and then uh, we have kind of a informal or brief meeting. Um, actually, I've missed a step there. Uh, we didn't do this at the PDX, but the way we're going to do it is uh, is we're also going to send them like a week out. We're going to send them a downloadable podcast style drivers meeting to where I've always seen, you know, I've, I've been working on my drivers meeting for years, trying to pare them down and make them really concise uh, and sort of entertaining a little bit sometimes, but you see kind of information overload in some of these people's faces, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're hearing, what does that mean? What is an apex? What is a flag station? You know, what are all these things? Um, and so one way I want to combat that is to send out like a downloadable driver's meeting to where they can come to the track feeling like they've already gone through a meeting. Uh, and then you can do kind of a little bit more concise and, uh, and kind of pinpointed real driver's meeting in person. So, so, uh, to start the day, you know, hopefully they'll come prepped already. Um, their cars, you know, they want to worry about their cars cause they listen to that aspect of the meeting. They can check over all the things that we're going to check in tech. Um, so they come to the track feeling a little bit more prepared, a little bit less unknowns in their mind, you know? Um, and for the first meeting, we'll go over basics, like here's what we're going to do, um, and watch for these things. Uh, and you know, after that, it'll be, there'll be a meeting after every session, uh, kind of a brief meeting. Um, but uh, they'll get on track. They'll follow the pace cars around. We'll watch them from all the corners. Every corner coach is going to have uh, a notepad with, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, as the cars go by in the warm-up lap, they'll write down all the numbers. And then every lap after that, they'll they'll basically take notes and listen to the radios around the track. Um, and if it's, uh, I missed another step because I'm not thinking. Uh, <laughs> every instructor is paired with a couple of beginners also. So they'll be like the point of contact for – uh, that beginner. So, so they'll think, okay, my guy's car 23 and car 47, whatever. Uh, they'll make special, pay, pay special attention to those two numbers. Um, and then, uh, after the session comes in, uh, you, you look and see how my guys do and you talk to them and coach them up. Oh, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're driving real wide in this turn. You're braking super late or super early, you know, and just the general track day stuff. And it's similar to the way a lot of pro schools have done it, like Skip Barber and other schools. They take them for for, uh, for rides around the track, which will happen in our first advanced session, um, advanced instructor session. And then they'll have their first classroom, and then they'll have their first session. And then basically it just kind of grows from there. Uh, it should be more of an organic feel um, for the, for the drivers. Cause they're not, there are a lot of drivers who are uncomfortable having instructors, their right seat. Um, I've noticed that more and more. Um, and, um, so they can learn at their own pace. They're not going to be pushed hard, you know, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. You know, if they don't want to break at the one, they can break at the two and it's going to look fine, you know, to the coach cause they're doing a good job. And if they're comfortable with it, that's, you know, that's kind of where we want to leave it. We're not going to try to push them to run race pace immediately. Um, that's another problem that I've noticed with instructors is a lot of instructors want those, their beginners to drive the same line as them. You know, they want them to go real fast, real quick, uh, and soon. Um, it, uh, and that might not be a comfortable learning pace for a lot of beginners. So it'll, it'll allow beginners to work at their own pace a little bit. Um, they'll be broken up with pace cars throughout the weekend. Uh, and most of those pace cars just be out there. So we have, once they, you know, see the line, uh, we can actually get eyes on them from the track. So it, instructors will be in the session with them. Um, 
but it'll be more classroom intense, uh, a lot of questions. There'll be a lot of in-car footage shown in the classrooms. Uh, and another another goal for us is to create uh, drone footage from over top. Uh, you watch looking down on a car so they can see a car in its, you know, in, in the overhead video game style view. Um, so that's one, one goal for this year is to create that for the next year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll be more of a pro, uh, a pro racing school style, uh, beginner, uh, classroom session this year. So we, we had high hopes for it before mid Ohio, before we tested it with the PDX event. Uh, I haven't never seen beginners do so well in, uh, one day at mid Ohio ever. Uh, so we're very, we're very happy with how that event went. Uh, it was just a one day Friday only thing. Uh, most of the beginners had never been on track before, so it was uh, you know, kind of starting from scratch with most of them, at least two-thirds of them. Uh, it was kind of a typical beginner crowd. Uh, a lot of new cars, newer cars. One car was on Hoosiers, which I wouldn't recommend beginners to have anyway. <laughs> but he was an autocross guy. I was a brand-new vet on Hoosiers. Oh, shit. <laughs> I um, think that's exactly the type of guy you were talking about. So that's the he was uh, that guy, but he, he, he kept it together. He did very, very well. He was very fast. The the day. Weird. So, uh, yeah. It's amazing. You put a vet on Hoosiers and you drive with some modicum of skill and you can do well with it. But, uh, no, it was very good. It was very, we learned a lot of things. We got a lot of notes coming out, coming out of it. I actually don't have them in front of me. That's why I'm missing steps. But, uh, the entire, uh, the entire format is laid out on, uh, on grid life, uh, on the website grid.life. Um, and we're also going to be having a webinar uh, pretty soon, probably next week, uh, um, and that'll be that'll be available for download also with we'll take questions from the instructors and kind of coach them up on how it's going to work and then it'll be available to to watch you know anytime but um, I'm very very hopeful for this for the program um, and I think it's going to be an interesting first couple events uh, and we also do have uh, instead of just my dumb butt leading the classroom like we did at Mid Ohio we're going to have um, somebody who does this for a living Tom O'Gorman. He's going to be running the classroom sessions, so he will be basically the uh, the lead coach for these events for the entire track battle season, all five all five rounds. So that's uh, such a cool fun. thing so. to have a pro driver like him, who's I mean, he's fairly new in his career, but he's been really successful thus far. Yeah, he's he's a Honda, you know, he's kind of Honda contracted pro now. Um, yeah, he's under contract with Honda and. Uh, uh, I think he'll be going places, but right now he pays his bills doing track night in America stuff. And so this is kind of like his, his, uh, bread and butter. He does 60 or 80 of these or maybe a hundred of these a year. Wow. Um, That's they're only crazy. like three sessions long and like three hours, but, uh, Still. he's been to a lot of our good life events. So, um, it should be a pretty comfortable environment for him, uh, kind of melding his two things because he's one of our sponsored drivers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We have, uh, you know, we have uh, a really good crowd of instructors, uh, and most of them are, are looking forward to trying this. Um, and obviously, if it, if it crashes and burns, I'm going uh, to fix it. But I, I think it's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that. What's, what's it look like from the number of instructors from last year versus what you think this format is going to require? Um, it requires basically the minimum you can have is a couple of pace car drivers, which, uh, you know, not pace car, but like, you know, instructor cars, uh, you need a couple of them, two or three of them, and then you need one for every turn. Um, so it's a similar count. If we have 25 beginners, we can probably get by with 15, uh, or 18, uh, instructors without a problem. We can probably get by with 10 even. 
but um, for smaller events where it's harder to get those instructors, so we can we can run the same format with less guys. Um, but kind of the more the merrier. So for festival events, we're still going to have basically our same group of uh, of, of guys, uh, and so it's going to be kind of a one to one ratio almost. So we will have instructors if they want to ride right seat, they can do it. But uh, we're my my main goal is to was to develop something that that didn't require. Uh, the right seat model, um, because if I'm telling those guys they got to get in the car, then they got to get in the car. But if I'm telling them they don't have to, then it's up to them, you know. Um, so if something bad does happen, at least I can sleep a little better, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't think no, you I will still. <laughs> no. Hopefully, it'll just mean that the likelihood of something bad happening uh, will be a little bit lower. Um, uh, but realistically, uh, think back to you know the first time you did an autocross or whatever. Yeah, the first time you drove yeah. in a high-performance environment by yourself, um, you were probably pretty scared, uh, especially if you're by yourself. You know, uh, and I see a lot of beginners that have you know no fear because of instructors. So I think some, this takes some of that out of there. They ta- it takes the the invincibility feeling and puts the the onus on the driver to really drive within the limits of their. Uh, their comfort and their car, um, and that's kind of the goal. That was the goal was to make it safer, and making it safer might mean dialing back the immediate pace that we were seeing with beginners, uh, and letting them work at their own comfort level. So, uh, I'm pretty hopeful that it'll be a more structured learning environment where they're all getting fed the same knowledge in the classrooms. Uh, they're all hearing the questions from everybody else versus like a couple of meetings. We're going to have like six or eight. Um, throughout the weekends. And then as they're doing better, you know, it'll be more one-on-one with our instructors, like day three, if it's a three day event. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very good. And, uh, and another reason for wanting to do that is, uh, not just so that we can have less instructors because that's not really the goal. The goal is, uh, you know, more, more safety, but realistically it's probably going to need a few less instructors. And so we're selling less advanced tickets, uh, we're only selling 10 advanced tickets at most events, and we're combining instructor advance so we can have more time for time attack and drift at festivals and more time for larger time attack fields uh, and potentially wheel-to-wheel things in the future. So, Because uh, time attack fields are growing uh, a lot. Uh, we have like <laughs> 100 awesome. cars coming to round one, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Holy uh, cow. So we, have, we have the largest time attack field ever at Midwest, which it's going to probably be – pushing 160 cars this year Ooh. so oh so excited it was, it was 143 last year and we had we literally had requests for over 200 uh, sales from qualified drivers uh, but we can't provide them any spots we had an, a 45 second sellout for the first 90 i think hmm. um, that's crazy meaning it was like 40 gold pass which were sold the week before uh, which is season long. And then we, I think we sold 45 or 50 the first day in 45 seconds or whatever. And then we had to do application process. So basically we had like 200 people wanting to buy spots for it or more uh, via application and just buying them. Uh, but it's it's been a hard problem. Like how do you sell the, the the Midwest event just sells so fast now, which is it's kind of dumb. It's hard to do. Uh, you get you get just enough unhappy people that it's like, man, this sucks. <laughs> there's like ten people. It's such a good problem so to have, but I can see why it would yeah, suck. It, it's it, it's frustrating to like make it feel fair, you know. Yeah. So we've been breaking it up in like chunks uh, to where more people have more, you know, where it's not all in forty five seconds. It's like forty five seconds three times, you know. <laughs> uh, but so if you're uh, busy that day, you have a meeting, you have hopes of maybe getting a ticket later. Uh, yeah, cross your fingers. Uh, maybe next time you will. But it it uh, so, so basically we need more room for time attack, and then we do have a wheel to wheel series coming out. Um, 
So in the future, uh, less time attack spots, more wheel-to-wheel spots, uh, hopefully, is my goal and the goal of many of our wheel-to-wheel buddies. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun year, I think. Uh, but yeah, less advanced spots, which advanced was always the slowest selling because I think time attack kind of robs advanced for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, advanced instructor you, will be combined. Why and would you just show time up and do that when you can compete? You know? What's that? Why would you just show up? And, and run around when you could be competing instead. Uh, a lot of them, you know, that's kind of the, it's similar seat time, maybe a few less minutes in time attack because it, most of those cars are, they're doing three laps and in, three or four laps and in, uh, but not, it's a very similar seat time. And then you get a transponder and you get a door card and you get window banners and you get timesheets and uh, potentially pretty good. A lot of our drivers walked away with a lot of contingency money from some of our really good contingency partners, you know, Coyo, Quick Trick, uh, tons of, there's, there's a bunch of BC and now we have really good contingency coming from Fortune Auto this year, um, AEM, uh, a bunch of partners are signing on this year. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's pricing and everything available in time attack. There's not pricing in advanced. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be good. We're running longer days at festivals this year. That's another thing uh, because we need the track time. Um, so we just got to work more. So <laughs> it'll be uh, up early and, uh, and, and the track goes cold, like when it goes dark for the most part. So, wow. uh, it should be, it should be fun. Um, Maybe 45 minutes before dark. We got to do those roller shots and stuff, you know. Well, of course. <laughs> Very important to get that shot. Larry Chen's got to get out there and get his shots, man. They were out there doing wheelies in his, in his well, Larry Chen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's beginner program. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good way to do it. I know when I did my first PDX, it was at the uh, Iowa Speedway, which is yeah. super intimidating with an LS Swap 240. So, it's I a really daunting track. It's the place for it, man. No, I mean, it is, but when it's your first one, they're like, yeah, just. You'll hit that, hit that bank, turn it at a hundred. Okay. Yeah. Send it, baby. yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. So uh, yeah, well, YOLO. You don't have a bunch of you time and money wrapped What's, up in that car. No. It's a big deal, dude. Yeah. Stick yeah, it in stuff a wall. That twenty thousand dollar car into the wall. It's not a problem. You can fix that thing. It's yeah. Final exactly. But yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about having someone next to me though as like a confidence booster type thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's I, a security blanket. Yeah. I was I was super nervous, so I think that I held back quite a bit. But I think having mm-hmm. Um, like a, a meeting beforehand, uh, like a like a podcast style, and then actually having more times talking rather than on track and having someone like in your ear. Yeah, like what, yeah. I think that would have been a lot better. My comfort would have been. I, you would have. I it it uh, there's a lot of loud cars too, and uh, you know yeah. a lot of instructors don't have the like a Nady communicator or one of the other brands of like you know in ear. Uh, helmet things uh, to talk like a motorcycle communicator kind of thing. Um, probably two thirds. We we really encourage our instructors to have those or have in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Two thirds of them have had them, but those those things break like every event. I I went through three of those in three years um, when I was instructing. Uh, but you know it it's loud in cars. Uh, it's, it's hard to process info when you're getting yelled at by a guy you don't know, and you're driving at a turn at a hundred miles an hour. Um, you know, it, I think once you coach a coach someone up through the basics of like, here's how you sit, here's where your wheel should be. Um, you know, you, you ask them all the questions about their car, give them some pointers like, yeah, those tires, they're probably going to grease up or they're probably going to do well for three laps. You know, watch your brakes. You know, if this happens, then do this, you know, give them, you know, the basics of doing track events, uh, bring them around at a controlled pace for a few laps. And then the, the pace cars will work up to speed, you know, but not nothing crazy. Um, I think it's going to be more of a natural feel for a lot of the beginners for the first two or three sessions. Um, and literally like racing schools have done this method for years. They've just had 
guys on the sidelines because you know they're not most of most racing schools have a formula car element they have you know a lot of inability to put passengers in the cars too and then um it, it passengers meaning instructors you know it uh so what do you do you do this model um so this it's it's kind of new for the HPDE model nowadays because the easy button is really just to get a bunch of dudes who want cheaper track time and put them in the cars and cross your fingers. Like it's, that's easy. Um, it would be easier if we weren't thinking about this, but I don't want to do that anymore because, you know, the day's going to come. Um, and I think we can do better. I think we could just do better. And I think overall HPDE groups uh, should be trying to do better. And I think we got a pretty good plan and we've talked to a lot of people about it. Um, and before we did it, we got a lot of input from a lot of really, really, you know, good drivers and a lot of really good coaches. Um, I, I just have high hopes for it. I think it's going to work pretty good. So, and I got to make room for my new wheel to wheel program. Got to do it. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen for a while, but we are. Well, we are doing our first race in August. Uh, Grid Life. It's going to be Grid Life Cup. Uh, that's the, the working name. But at our Blackhawk Farms uh, event, which is going on sale, what is it? In, in a month, in about a month, April 16th, that event will go on sale. So it'll be HPDE, and then there will be a race group. So uh, there's race rules up on the website right now for under Grid Life Cup under the drivers tab. So if anybody wants to see our new race rules, so. Took a long time to get get my wheel to wheel series built. I'd beg a lot of people for that. <laughs> You've been talking about that for a long time. Can't wait, man! I can't wait. We uh, we got a pretty good, uh, a pretty solid uh, group that's very interested in it. I'm hoping for like 20, 30 cars in our first event. So, uh, ideally, that would be kind of one of the run groups in the future at the big events. Um, so, what's the basis? Of, like, what am I, what am I building? Well, uh, that's the cool thing. Um, we wanted to, uh, basically the, the rules group, uh, which sort of consists of a couple buddies. And then for the most part, Eric Cattill and myself, Eric is a, he races SCCA STL super touring light, which is the class that I was on the rules committee for, for several years. Are you not anymore? I just get on, I just got off of it cause I'm doing too many things. <laughs> a little busy. Um, I can only have so many meetings, uh, yeah, night. Like I, it was like it was to the point where on Mondays, like I had three meetings after work. I would go to bed <laughs> feeling so frazzled, like it just it wasn't fun anymore. Uh, and I felt the least needed in that uh, in that group. So, um, and, and obviously, they don't pay anything. So, <laughs> doesn't pay much. See ya. I'm sure, your so wife you is fine with it too. Yeah, she's fine with it. But uh, but yeah, I, I love that class, uh, and it's gonna be similar. Like those cars will work pretty well. But um, the, that, the thing that we really wanted to create was more of a time attack style um, wheel-to-wheel series, meaning uh, not time attack style as far as format, but time attack in the builds. Like time attack is pretty open-ended. Like here's your few parameters. Don't do these things. Do whatever else you want to do, right? Um, and so we look, we look towards the NASA ST model, uh, which is kind of like a, a points calculator model where like you can do this type of wing, it's this point. So you can do this type of wing, it's that point. Uh, we changed a lot of that stuff. We made it m- even more broad. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll probably be similar to STL pace, maybe a little bit faster once it kind of develops a, you know, if, if it takes off, once it develops a really core base, you know, and they really develop their cars, it'll probably be a little bit faster potentially. Um, but it's more of a power to weight class. So a 13 to one is our, to- is our goal power to weight. 
Um, and, and there's modifiers for that. And we're, we're, we're currently building, we've built the calculator. We're trying to put it on the website now. So, uh, but right now it's, you know, it's in Excel, which is not everybody has. So I would love it. You can just pull up grid life and put your, all your mods in, and then it'll tell you what your car has to weigh. But, um, yeah, so you can run Hoosiers, you can run Toyos, you can, and they're all different. But you can run street tires, you can run 200 treadwear street tires, and they're all different points values. So you can maybe run lighter if you're on street tires with no arrow than you can if you're a regular car in Hoosiers or whatever with the regular wing and the regular splitter and all that stuff. So, um, and there's no rules like you can't swap a Mazda motor into the Honda or the Honda motor in the Mazda. You ought to do that Good. stuff. Um, or the LS which, into the Nissan. Or yeah, you you could. I mean, you could put a V8 in. You could put an LS in a Nissan. You just have to probably be heavy, but you can yeah. do it. Um, the the parity should be in the points calculator. Uh, basically, it'll tell you what you got to weigh. You know, the parity will be power to weight for the most part and with some modifiers for arrow and things that make you go faster or slower. But, uh, I have pretty high hopes. that It'll be fun. Uh, the main goal is, to, you know, it's, it's not to beat SCCA or NASA at their game. It's to, you know, kind of be a different race environment. So, uh, and if you have a NASA license, SCCA license, or if you have uh, verified experience from the chump lemons crowd, you know, the, uh, WRL, you know, any of the budget and budget based enduros or non SCCA NASA enduros, you know, uh, verified experience from those, all the regular safety gear, um, come out, come out and play. So should be fun. Uh, that stuff will be, you'll hear more and more stuff, more and more about that. Um, in the, in the grid life media channels soon, uh, we're going to be, uh, kind of pumping that up a little bit soon. Once the, once the Chris Stewart media engine, uh, works its way to that. So, uh, we've been working on it for about a year. We, uh, I applied for wheel to wheel, uh, insurance, um, in June, I think July, but, uh, that's a long time to get through underwriters just because, you know, that stuff takes a while. And then, uh, and we've been crafting the rule set ever since. So we've been, actually we started, we started building the rule set about a year ago now. Um, and then, we needed we needed a partial rule set and like a conduct rule and you know all, all the regular like here's how you would do a track or here's how you do a race event rule set you need that stuff in order to apply for the insurance but um so yeah i'm uh, i'm looking forward to that too that should be fun and then eventually if it goes well eventually it'll be at all the track battle events and then hopefully uh, a space in uh, in the festivals too so um the festivals might need to have less time attack cars someday in order to have more wheel to wheel cars someday. But we, we kind of do see a, we, we see a little bit of a, in the future, probably a burnout in time attack guys because guys, you know, they try it three or four times and then, uh, you know, it's really not for me because James Houghton's so fast and he's <laughs> kicking so much ass. Um, so in, in, in preparation for that, we kind of want to have maybe, you know, if, the, if we do get 75 time attack entries, what are we going to do that other track time? Um, besides give it to HBD and drift, maybe have a little wheel to wheel session to plug in there. So should be fun. Uh, and I think it's really gonna be fun for crowds. I think crowds are going to love it. So, uh, for sure. I, and I want to race in front of 4,000, 5,000 people someday. And, and 10, it'd be 000, cool if I could 20, do it at my 000. own event. <laughs> be real here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. So the rule set, uh, the first published draft is up on grid.life right now. So should be cool. Um, and yeah, it, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just want to do wheel to wheel with my friends in front of all my other friends. <laughs> so I'm building, I'm building a car for it right now. We've got dude from Texas, our buddy, Derek Yarborough. He's, he's, his car will be back from cage, uh, the cage shop next week. So he'll probably have the first dedicated grid life cup car. But uh, he's going to race at NASA first. <laughs> Lame. 
It, uh, yeah, the, the August uh, track day picnic. If you guys are bored in August, you should come out to that. It's a fun event. But not too far from Iowa either. No, it's, it's not. not that far. Probably, I forgot what being bored is like, like, though. That's my problem. It's a lot closer than, than festival. But. Yeah, it is closer than festival. Th- those tickets, um, you said those tickets aren't out yet as far as the driver no, tickets, HPDE event, tickets? That, that event will be, uh, like I said, a month. Uh, okay. Uh, April 16 is when that one goes live. And, that, and then also round five, which is uh, kind of our little bit lower key Gingerman uh, track battle round, which is Time Attack HPD basically at uh, in October. Uh, that'll be also available April 16 too. So yeah, it, uh, that would be all the grid life events for the year for sale. Then those are the last two we haven't sold. So, um, and tickets are available for everything except for track day stuff, really for both festivals. Both festivals are pretty much sold round one at mid Ohio. There are a few spots available. That's April 14, 15. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good year, I think. Um, and I, uh, Obviously, appreciate you guys, you know, talking about us and other people talking about us. So it, uh, <laughs> it's been a it's been a growth process for this will be our fifth year, um, and it's been it's like it's almost a, it's a full time job for Chris. It's like half a full time job for me. It's half a full time job for several other of our core staff. So uh, it's it's been kind of a labor of love. Nobody's getting rich at Grid Life. Um, everything goes back into the events and or thus far has uh to build these things into you know what we really want them to be kind of like the the gathering of all these different automotive cultures you know bringing everybody together and then you know taking pictures of it and having parties and just having fun so um yeah this year is going to be pretty rad i think it'll be super fun yeah so no, enough about grid life. I've talked. Too can, about grid life. can we get can we get down to brass tacks real quick here? And the whole yeah. reason that we're having this uh, this interview, um, Robbie just really wants to know what he needs to do to his car to make sure it's ready for his first uh, grid life HPD. How do, how do I get this, there? What do I do? Right. This is nothing to do with your <laughs> any of your grid life stuff or how you're changing it. None of it. <laughs> this is all like him just getting all the safety review and everything directly well, from your mouth, and then he's going to put it on the internet. Let's just recreate every Facebook conversation we've had this winter. How right. How about that? Those. We've had a few of those. Um, I, I uh, like I do with many people that, that, you know, they've done some track events, and then they're like, man, this crappy old car is not safe at all. Should I weld a full cage into it? And I'm like, no, you probably should just buy an auto power or a Kirk or whatever bolt-in roll bar and then see if you really love doing this stuff first because you can always resell that roll bar. You know, you can probably sell it for like what you have into it like tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Because uh, people <laughs> never want to pay for shipping on those things. So if you have one, like the only lost ca- lost cash is in shipping usually. <laughs> but uh, they're they're pretty safe. They're usually really, really well built. So I recommended you to buy one of those and I think you did. So that's good. Yep. Talked yep. all about it last weekend. So Yes, I did. That's not um, what you told me. You told me to stop being a bitch and weld a cage in. <laughs> you have different you, goals. You were pretty insistent that you were going to be the next, uh, you know, Ryan Turk Donut Media guy. So it, uh, maybe uh, that was a private conversation between just you and me. <laughs> uh, no, it, it 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 really is. What what do you want to do with the car? You know, you can always resell a roll bar, a bolt-in roll bar, uh, which is kind of the cool. You just fill in the holes. Once you learn how to weld, you fill in the holes again. But. Yep. Um, the biggest thing we see, the biggest problem we see for beginners actually, uh, and it has, it's always been the biggest problem. Um, well, kind of two things, uh, 
like loose parts on the car, meaning like ball joints. Uh, <laughs> ball joints are the big one. You get, wow. If is they it, pull an attack and it's just clunk, 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 clunk. Oh, you just sure. grab the wheel and it's lives. Um, less and less now as cars getting newer and newer. Our, our Most of our beginner crowd now is still paying for their cars versus 15 years ago. They were just tracking, you know, mom's <laughs> old Civic. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of newer cars now. So that, that has kind of gone, uh, gone by the wayside a little bit, but we see a lot of loose things like wiring harnesses and swap cars, uh, batteries. Uh, there are no approved battery tie downs that, uh, involve zip strips or rubber straps or ratchet straps. Um, no rubber bungees then. <laughs> dude, battery, it's such a common thing, man. Battery tie downs just blow it. my mind. How many people... Like I, even at autocross, just like it's bad. Fail. Get out of here. Don't even be in this parking lot. That's a the, fire hazard. Um, and the worst missile. I ever saw was a guy pulled into tech and he hit the brakes and I heard thunk and his battery <laughs> tipping over. Oh my god! <laughs> Welded itself to the inside of the car. Yeah, that's not what you want, man. Um, you know you're he doing swore it right. He didn't know it was like that. He must have lost the the strap on the way there. The really? whole yeah, the whole assembly really? fell off when he was driving there. <laughs> I, but I no, you really gotta the, have. All the things that can like go bang around in the car, like when you slide into something or like when you hit the brakes, even uh, those are the big things. Brake lights are a big thing. Um, yep. But uh, uh, harnesses, uh, I years ago, and everybody kind of still brings it up and laughs about it. I wrote an article about how much I hate harness bars. Um, <laughs> harness bars that don't involve roll bars. Uh, yeah, like I, I linked to that. I can't tell you how many times I've linked to that in yeah, when Facebook I, groups and stuff like that. Because I did that I did that YouTube video where I did a walkthrough of how I did the yeah. auto power install. So yeah. I linked that uh, article and then the Speed Hunters article and then there's another article that talks yeah. about just how dangerous harness bars are. Well, when when somebody you know they, they think oh, I want a four point harness and some of the sometimes their reasoning is that they want to use a Hans uh, or uh, an SFI thirty eight point one style um, you know head neck restraint which is great thinking like you got to have one of those uh, in my opinion in order to feel safe when you hit a wall or safe ever I I, hard, I don't like to drive without them on track anymore because um, helmets are heavy and my neck is you know no matter how many sit ups I do every night my neck is <laughs> super <laughs> fragile but it's gonna it's gonna break man. And Dale's broken. I don't want mine to break. So, uh, <laughs> basilar skull fractures are no freaking joke. So, uh, so I could see, you know, it's kind of like a double edged sword. I really want people to use Hans or, you know, Hans style devices. Uh, Hans is kind of the, the Kleenex generic term for them now, but, um, there's a lot of really good ones out there. And some of them are even pretty reasonable in price, a couple hundred dollars, you know. Um, but the, the, the thing is, like, a lot of cars, you know, they'll flatten. You know, you, you roll over and that roof's going to come down to about here uh, a lot of times. And with a three-point heart, with three-point OEM belt, your body can lay over one way or the other, you know. Um, and with uh, with a Hans and a, f- and a full five-point uh, harness, like, you're just kind of, like, pinned upright. Uh, and I saw it happen at, I think it was our second event we ever hosted. A CRX blew the brake zone at turn three uh, at Gingerman because it fell onto the floor because he had played with those Russell's speed bleeders, brakes things, you know. Yep. Uh, and so he didn't he didn't turn, shut them off. He didn't he bled the brakes and then basically just got right on track and didn't pedal test it at all. And the pedal went to the floor first turn. It was a little turbo CRX. And the uh, the story, and he had a harness bar, just a welded piece of tube between the OEM, you know, the rear, um, 
upper the B pillar, on basically the, on the B pillars, and uh, hit a harness bar and and a, and a harness. And back then, you know, 05 or whatever, I was like, I don't know, it looks pretty good to me, right? It seems safe. Um, <laughs> so the story was, he jumped, he he drove straight through the sand trap, um, which if you've walked around by turn uh, three, and then there's like a little there's like a little road that you can get up to Spectator Hill, kind of by the five six combo, and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people go up there during drift, during grid life and yep. stuff. That little road, like he jumped that road. Holy shit! Uh, Jeez. Like, oh. Through the sand trap, jumped the road, and then there's a berm, um, and so the car hits the berm, I guess, and like noses in. And the story was when he when he looked, and this is what he told his friends, and his friends told us uh, when he was looking down, he unclipped the harness because he still had his factory three point on also, um, and so he laid over and big old rash on the side of his uh, neck and stuff, but he was fine. So, um, pretty fortunate on that one. one. Literally. The roof was down to the tops of the doors, like total yeah, flat. flush. Um, I think I did. I, I think I put a picture in that article years ago too. Um, yeah, I think you my did. Buddy, my buddy Dennis, the guy who got crashed at Road Atlanta, actually, he he had he was there and he took a picture of it. Um, but uh, uh, that's how that's how long I've known Dennis. I've been endangering his life for so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the car, a lot of car, most cars, almost all cars are stronger than that. But the reality is like. That was probably a pretty low speed rollover, but if I mean it gets real bad, you can never underestimate the ability of a car on a racetrack to just find a terrible shit to hit. Um, they go everywhere, and if it gets real bad, like I want you to have more more things to make it less bad, uh, meaning a roll bar. Uh, so that's my hate behind harness bars without without uh, roll bars. Uh, there is kind of the gray area of the Schroth ASM, the anti submarine. Um, Harnesses basically, they're a four point with a sewn in like rip area that like stretches under a certain amount of impact hmm. so that they act like a three point, but they, but they can you can use a Hans and stuff like that, like that with a with them as a four point. We allow those in some modern cars, uh, like strong cars like Subarus, Evos, stuff that's not going to smash, um, with a proper install and sometimes they use a, ha- a harness bar in between the the seat belts the seat belt upper mounts just to direct the force you know so if the seat crushes that the force is held up higher of the harness but that's really a case-by-case basis our strict policy really is no harness bars without roll bars so just because it keeps yeah you know, that that's what you, unless you have a you know the the weird awkward choice of that that asm shroth and like the right everything like it just gets unsafe uh, there's so many times where it's just unsafe if you just buy x harness and then you know the the whatever ebay harness bar and then you just bolt it into your mom's old 03 civic you know it's not it's not safe um so uh, that's that's my little spiel on harness bars i've done that spiel way too many times <laughs> i believe I just that spiel three times <laughs> so um yeah, other things for beginner safety. Uh, you know, Robbie's not a total noob, and his car seems pretty solid. But um, uh, yeah, for other beginners, other people going towards you know doing their first HPDE or, or early in their HPDE career. Um, yeah, the things that we see fail on cars, uh, their brake pads. Uh, you know, pedal pedal goes to the floor because they're using you know dot three cheap brake fluid, or they're really really working the brakes hard. Uh, in my driver's meetings, um, 
I usually talk about don't overuse the brakes. Use the brakes as hard as you can for as short a distance as you can because that inputs a lot less heat into the system, especially with guys that have uh, – or guys or gals. We get a lot of we, – we've had a lot more female drivers lately actually. Um, which is awesome. But, uh, it, which is cool. Uh, and uh, a lot of – a lot of cars come with you – know, they come to the track with OEM brakes and they just put a decent set of pads on. Um, and But they don't flush the fluid. Uh, they're – yeah, the brakes are probably marginal for what they're doing with the car that day. Um, so if you don't have a big, huge brake kit, uh, at least throw a brand new, really good fluid in there like ATE or ATE or whatever people call it, or spend real money on like Castrol SRF. Just go crazy on it. Uh, you can't spend too much money on brake fluid because it's it just gets better and better. A higher wet boiling point is what you want to look for. Uh, some of the good Willwood brake fluid's pretty good. Um, there's a lot of really good fluid out there. Even like Valvoline Sin Power has a really high uh, wet boiling point still. So um, good synthetic dot three, dot four brake fluid. Uh, really spend a little bit of money on pads if you want to kind of you know talk to people that drive a similar chassis. What do you what do they recommend? You know, uh, those are the things that can ruin your day. Um, get some decent tires, but you don't need to spend a lot of money on tires uh, for right. your first events. Um, you probably shouldn't. You should probably just get a decent set of like 300 to 200 treadwear things um, and uh, something you can drive to the event on, not have to mess with the car. Um, but uh, yeah, the the biggest thing that we see is brake, brake pedal problems and then like custom stuff breaking, like, you know, swapped cars, they're they're basically zip stripped together and, and shift like <laughs> just fall off, crappy eBay exhausts, you know, things like that. And go through the entire car, nut and bolt the whole car. Um, but uh, yeah, and then just drive to the limits of your car and drive to your skill limits, and usually you're in a pretty good place then. So, um, what what else did I want to talk about with beginners? I looked through my meeting earlier, and now I don't have it. I was going to print it out, but of course, I was fighting with my child uh, <laughs> trying to get her to bed. But um, oh, feel the uh, yeah, the biggest things really are just take care of your car, uh, hydrate yourself. That's a yep. big thing, uh, especially when it's hot out. Uh, a lot of guys uh, just kind of go through the day and they don't they don't remember to take care of themselves. Uh, get plenty of sleep if you can. Yep, um, it's huge. Uh, but uh, if you're prone to motion sickness, I would recommend drinking ginger ale ahead of time because uh, I've made myself <laughs> sick on track. Uh, after a race one time, I opened up the door at Mid-Ohio and puked out the door. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I took the checker flag and I pulled off uh, after the keyhole, and there's like a little chute right there, and I freaking covered the pavement with, <laughs> with last night's food because I hadn't slept at all. I drove all night to get there. Oh, man. I got into the car feeling like, kind of just exhausted um and, but take care of yourself before you before you do that you need to have all your you know, all your ducks in a row mentally um and if uh a lot of people a lot of racer buddies of mine uh they've gone to a two week out policy on the car if it's not done two weeks out cancel the event that's kind of their mm, policy that's a good uh, idea. with hpdes you always I like can't, that a can't lot. get your money back <laughs> but yep. Uh, with race weekends, uh, SCCA usually allows you to cancel, uh, which is nice of them. Um, but a two-week out policy or even a one-week out policy is a great idea. You know, get all your work done a long time ahead of time, and then just, you know, don't be stressed. So, uh, I would love to enact that policy for myself. It's never <laughs> happened, <laughs> not once. Uh, but nowadays I don't race very much because I'm trying to have everybody else have fun. And so my, my policy or my stress nowadays is like, did I bring all the things that I fill the, the crappy motor home to the brim with the grid life junk? So, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, cars are secondary nowadays. I need to get back into racing. So yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there someday. But um, can, no, we, uh, can we see your Frazier? Yeah. By the way, speaking of, I, I want to. I have some questions about the Frazier. No, so right, well, we, need to, we need to talk about the talk about cars. Any anything else we want to talk about with beginner stuff? Just don't suck. Don't run really, into anything. That's really all there is to it. Let's let's yeah, talk about race don't cars. Yeah. Don't try to don't try to be a fucking hero. Nobody cares. You're going to be slower yeah, than that. That is another else thing. Anyway. Like all the biggest crashes that I've seen have all that people have done is like try to save it, increase speed. You know what? Counter steer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of the time, two feet in and like look where you want to go yep. is a giant uh, like a giant thing to remember. Two feet in meaning clutch and brake, not not gas at all. Forget right. about the right pedal. One uh, foot in if you're in a GTR. Want to go. So yeah, it it's amazing how uh, just look where you want to go, and a lot of times your body will fix it, like subconsciously, mm-hmm. if it can be fixed, or like get you away from the heavy hard wall. You know, um, don't stare at the wall when you're sliding because uh, you're probably going to hit it. So <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things where if you you don't like you tell yourself I'm not going to hit that wall, but then you sit there and stare at it. That's exactly exactly where you're going to go. Target fixation. It's uh, it's real. Um, and it's very real when you're about to potentially crash a car. (laughs) Yep. Um, yeah, the Fraser is right next to me. This is a, X part of it's up there. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got a picture up of it now. If you, so it's a, uh, it's basically a Lotus seven Caterham style chassis. That is, uh, you can see the new motor is in there right now. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah, what, what motor do you got? That's a Yamaha 5VY, which is a 04 to 06, I think, uh, R1 motor. Yes. 1,000 so, yes. cc. Good work out of you. It, it's it's actually really big. It's so wide because it's All got right. a trans next to it. <laughs> it's a bike motor. <laughs> uh, and uh, you turn it sideways, uh, and I, I probably can't with cords get over there, but uh, you turn it sideways and you take the sprocket off the back of the motor, side of the motor, you know, um, where the chain usually goes. It goes like this, and you put mm-hmm. a thing on that bolts onto it for a drive shaft. Uh, and you turn the motor sideways. So. Oh, so you're still uh, using the R1 transmission then too? Yeah. yeah so it's it transverse in there? They're all one thing. Um, normally the motor is side to side, you know, spark mm-hmm. plugs uh, left to right, and now it's front to back. Oh, okay. Um, the engine and trans are basically in a bike. They share the same oil. They share everything. So um, the uh, it'll use the sequential bike trans, so it won't have reverse. Uh, some some people the Quaif makes a makes a drive shaft box. It, it basically put it in the middle of the drive shaft that is kind of a switch and it'll 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 reverse the directions. Um, so you can have reverse that way. Uh, I'm not doing reverse because it's a track car. Um, some people do starter gears. They they use like a small starter gear uh, and a starter or like a ring gear and a starter. They mm. mount it in the drive shaft um, and you can sh- clutch in and then hit the starter button and it'll back you up. Um, Interesting. But, <laughs> yeah, lightweight race car, so I'm not doing any of that. But uh, right now, I'm in the process of building mounts for it, and I'm I'm going to run all the R1 electronics and everything. Um, and uh, I have to simplify the harness a bunch, which I'm super daunted by. But um, there's a lot of guys that put these motors into dwarf and midget uh, circle track cars. Yeah. And oh, James from Kanga Motorsports just messaged me. <laughs> James wants to be on slip angle. Hi, James. <laughs> uh, the uh, oh yeah. I haven't plugged our our podcast our mediocre podcast yet. Well, your, Instagram, your Instagram's been up yeah. like the whole time. 
Um, now the uh, a lot of dwarf and midget guys put bike motors in their cars, like you know those tiny little circle track things. So there's actually a pretty good aftermarket for it. Um, hmm. And in England, uh, putting R1s in Lotus 7s uh, or like home belts, which they call low costs, is like a pretty popular thing. And there's like whole race series de- like devoted to it. So, um, so I'm not like breaking any ground here uh, except for the right-hand drive aspect of this car because this car was built in New Zealand. We can talk about the car later if you want. But um, it's a right-hand drive, and I'm actually finding it a little tougher uh, because the trans kind of wants to occupy the same space as my as my feet. Um, so it, uh, But I think I got a pretty good spot for the engine. I'm, I'm, I'm probably have to cut the hood a little bit because this car isn't like a Lotus where it's – this car has a full body on it. It's, if you've got pictures up, you can see that. But, yep. Um, it, uh, I drove the car one time last year with the Toyota 4AG and twin Webers and a TRD close ratio trans, and that was what it was originally built with. Um, it was built in New Zealand in 93 by Fraser, uh, Fraser Cars uh, of New Zealand. Basically, they, it's the only full-body car they ever built. Um, almost all their cars look just like Lotus 7s or Caterhams. They, it's basically, they build, they build like, they're like a, kind of a high-end boutique builder of those. Uh, nowadays, especially, their cars are beautiful, um, like incredibly handcrafted cars uh this car was built to basically be a race car and they wanted to get a series uh of these cars running and it just kind of never happened um but steve millen who uh he raced imsa he raced a bunch of stuff uh you know of the millen family reese millen rod millen uh steve millen um reese's i think rod's son um but uh yeah they're famous New Zealand race car people. So Steve Millen raced this thing a couple times in New Zealand in 93. Um, and it had, it had problems, uh, at those races with distributor because the distributor was originally built like in the factory four AG location, which is like off the front of the passenger side of the, uh, driver's side of the head, driver's side U S. Um, I, I'm turning around. Yeah. Uh, but the header was like wrapped around it. And that is not a good place to put a distributor. It was like the header was like smashed around the distributor. <laughs> so, um, so it uh, it had distributor issues and it had those issues when I was driving it uh, last August to track day picnic too. Uh, and then uh, it was a Formula Atlantic bottom end, uh, which is really expensive. Super expensive. Yes. And worth <laughs> money even after you blow it up. It ends up worth more than enough to buy a Yamaha 5V1. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so I parted that motor out. Um, part of the, the twin plate. It had like a triple or a tr- twin plate clutch. Uh, I sold that. I think I've got the trans sold too. The trans is a Toyota TRD uh, close ratio T50, which is not in production anymore. And it was shifted beautifully, but super close. Um, but the car was so fun. Like as it, as it was, I just went through the whole car, uh, changed tires, bled the brakes, flushed all the fluids, and then took it to track day picnic and it ran okay. Um, but, uh, when it ran, it ran really good for like two sessions carbs are stupid and finicky, (laughs) but when it ran, dude, it it was like rolling fifth gear burnout down the straightaway. It was so awesome. Uh, it probably had about 150 horse, and it's going to have about that with the with the Yamaha motor. But it's going to be, I'm guessing, in the neighborhood of 300 some pounds lighter too. Oh, it was probably man. only 1300 pounds then, so it'll probably be oh. about a thousand pounds. So, um, yeah, and it's uh, it's super stiff chassis. Uh, there's a lot of extra like it, it, a lot of extra tubing that wouldn't be in like a low cost build, and it's a lot of triangles, triangles everywhere. So. 
Um, it's built, the chassis is built pretty well. It's tight, small, but, uh, it's so fun to drive. Uh, it's what's it like, what's it like being over the rear axle like that? Yeah. That's another thing is the, if you look at Lotus sevens and this literally you're sitting like on, like your butt is within three inches of the rear axle. And this has, this, this has uh, a Ford Sierra Cosworth diff, which is like right under my elbow. Um, and, uh, you can feel all the rotation, like the car starts to turn and you just feel like you got it because like you're, you feel the little bit of slip, uh, so much. Cause it's, it's kind of like, kind of like dr- more dramatic because you're moving more with it than like if you were in the front half of the car, you know, um, this car felt really controllable. I think it's going to be really good once I dial it in with, with, uh, with suspension. I didn't play with suspension at all because it felt pretty good as was. Um, I was working up to – I ran faster in my first session with it on three cylinders than I ran in my STL car at Blackhawk. <laughs> my, my STL car was like pretty good at Blackhawk too because it was a super light build. Um, but I ran like almost the same exact time, just a few tenths faster. Um, with a stopwatch, I didn't have the aim solo in it, but, um, it, it felt so much faster and I just kept working up to working up to pace, trying to find the limits of the grip. And it turns out with a wedge shaped body, like the faster you go, the more it sticks. (laughs) And like, I just kept going deeper and deeper into the big sweeper. And it, like, it almost took my breath away how much grip the thing had. It was so red. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to drive it again because your butt's two inches off the ground. You're, you know, you're on the very back of the car and it's, it's an open cockpit, which is, you've driven go-karts before and like go-karts are so fun. And, like, <laughs> it's like a super fast, big, loud go-kart. <laughs> Wins in your face. Once I got over about a hundred miles an hour, I don't have one of those helmets with like a splitter on it, you know? <laughs> uh, and so my helmet would go, so, it would like lift up and like rock back. And I'd be looking through the bottom of the, <laughs> the visor. So when I shifted to fifth, I made it a practice to like pull on my helmet after I shifted oh to fifth. Goodness. Cause I was shifting with my left hand. Cause it's a right hand drive car. <laughs> so those splitters on the helmets, that's not just some, that's a thing. Oh, no, that's real. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so the helmet doesn't lift up and like fill your eyes with air. That's hilarious. <laughs> Dead serious. I just thought that that was like uh, an aesthetic thing. Oh, it is because you look like Darth Vader and stuff. But yeah, uh, no, it's it's for keeping your your helmet on your head instead of going like. (laughs) (laughs) My helmet makes ten pounds of downforce. It's no big deal. It doesn't have much of a windshield, but like the first time I shifted to fifth, going past start finish at Blackhawk. I remember the helmet like rocking back and like I had to go like this, like whack the helmet forward because I didn't, because I, I can only get it so tight, you know, like, and it could still like pivot front to back a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah. So that was, that was interesting. I'm going to definitely get a different helmet next year <laughs> or this year when it, when it runs. I did enter it in the ultimate track car challenge recently, which I, you, somebody posted that in your Facebook group. Yeah. I'm um, super pumped about it. G- GRM thought my entry was silly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I I typed that while playing, um, while trying to also find Paw Patrol in the morning for Emma at like five forty-five <laughs> in the morning. Uh, so I'm, I was trying to finish that thing up, and then Emma Emma wandered in, uh, picked up the. She always goes in. She always goes in the uh, in the cabinet. 
and gets the brown sugar, like the big brick of brown sugar <laughs> in the thing. And she always tries to eat that in the morning. So like, that's why I have to get up. So Emma doesn't eat the brown sugar <laughs> in, holding the brown sugar. And then like stops and like, Oh shoot, daddy's up, <laughs> sets the brown sugar down and comes and tries to snuggle with me and, and asks for her, ask for her show. So I was also doing, I was trying to do that while I was entering the, uh, the UTCC. So hopefully it's done by then. I'm, I, it gives me about two months. I want to, I want to take it to VIR and have fun with it. So that looks like a really we'll cool see. event. Yep. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool cars that are going to be there. So. Yeah. I've really wanted to do that event. Like since I started it, yeah. um, it, a lot of times it's been the same weekend as our Honda meet event, which is our original event that we've hosted forever. Uh, the same weekend or like a weekend apart. Um, so that's the reason, that's the biggest reason I haven't done it. Now it's in May. So it's, we don't have anything in May really. So, um, it, it's like the weekend after the, it's the set it's Friday, Saturday after my birthday. My birthday's on a Thursday. So it'd be a nice birthday present for myself. Taking an RV trip all oh. by myself. <laughs> be able to sleep in. <laughs> but, uh, no, hopefully it's, it's solid. I, I would love to go hang with some of our good life competitors. They go into the UTCC Savannah and Houghton and Tony Fuentes and a bunch of our buddies. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be kind of a grid life, uh, party if we go because there's so many of our like heavy hitter competitors that are there so uh could be cool um, that's the uh, i kind of want to see how hyper nasa runs hyperfest also because it's kind of a similar oh that's thing. right i forgot about only that. different it's at hyperfest this year that's so right. it has been for the last couple of years so yeah yeah Some i kind of want to see how they do that there. i love Sick. vir i love vir so much but the first place that i uh that i i i uh, the first, it was the first place that I uh, I drove and like the 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 whole night afterwards like I I, c- I still couldn't even remember the track like it, w- it was such a like a stunning place for me to be and I couldn't visualize I didn't I couldn't visualize the place until like the next day I, I just couldn't even take it all in the place is just so stunning it's so cool it's just the raddest track I think it's I think it's the place any anybody should drive. Um, it's like the place to go on this half of the con- this half of the country. It's just so rad. So, yeah, that's the Fraser. Fraser's a dumb piece of crap. <laughs> Taking up all my space in my garage, but uh, hopefully it'll rev to fifteen thousand RPMs within the next month. So, oh, can't so wait. cool. I did find out that I think I need a new ring gear in the rear end because it's a 4.2 something. I checked. I got on there yesterday, marked the tire, and spun the diff until it until I saw the mark again. And I spun about four and a quarter times. Um, and with this trans uh, and a 23 and a half inch tire, which this is, it uses basically uses Spec Miata tires, um, which is nice because those are cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it uh, it probably needs about a three two diff for VIR, so I probably would be ordering a ring gear once it runs. But I'm not going to buy that until it runs. So, other right, than that, I think I got everything. So, did you yeah. just get that motor from like a salvage bike? Um, I put a want to buy ad on our forum that shall not be named. Rotorsautocross.com. <laughs> uh, That's actually the first time I've ever heard it. I've always assumed it was that, but I've never known yeah. for sure. Uh, no, it, uh, uh, which is actually owned by my buddy Scott Giles, who's helping us with the beginner program. But uh, it, uh, I put a want to buy ad, like want to buy any R1, like give me a cheap R1. And like within 10 minutes, some, some dude from Kansas City was like, hey, I bought an R1. I'm never going to build the car that I want to build with it. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, cool how do I get it from Kansas city? He's like, I'm not shipping it. But my buddy's going to his parents' house on the East coast over Christmas. 
and you live one mile away from the road he's going on. <laughs> so I got it. Uh, I got it basically delivered for free. I handed the dude uh, a case of beer uh, and uh, got myself a R1. So um, I got delivered for. Free. I had to pay for the motor, but <laughs> it, it, it was a shockingly good price. It was awesome. less than the cost of the blown up motor that I sold. So um, win. And then I had to buy little things like the gauge cluster, and it didn't have a gauge cluster. It was missing one of the coils. Um, I'm probably into the motor and everything for like six hundred dollars right now. So. Wow. Ooh, wow, that's awesome. And it'll rev to fifteen thousand. <laughs> Keep revving it in. So I really do need a bike-powered car. I just do don't know, know how many do it. That is. It's a lot. It's <laughs> all of them. That's double what a Honda rubs to. <laughs> like a really good Honda. That's some Formula One shit there, man. Yeah, man. It's gonna sound so rad. Sick. Does anybody else have any questions for Mister Bay? No, we should probably move on with our yeah our show. Yeah, should I suppose. If, if Mr. Bay doesn't have a meeting, we should let him have like an evening where he gets to do whatever he wants to do. Let me see if I have a meeting. Hang on. <laughs> what are you guys talking about in the news? All kinds Did you want to hang out for the news? Uh, I don't know. Hang on a second. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me do grid life things. Um, let's see. Hmm. Pull up the grid life slack. Not seeing anything about meetings. I think they're all at Coda, like doing things with PwC. Why aren't you at Coda? Come on, man. Because I have to work. Nah, you just got to quit that job. Oh, dang. That is a really good-looking shot of Tom Gorman's new car. You guys want to see a little bit of it? Want to see a little bit of it? Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. You need to be on the YouTube, people. Yeah, they're doing uh, they're doing photo shoots right now out there for that. So, uh, Doesn't look like I have a meeting right now, so i got a few more minutes if you want. But Screw it. Let's do Adam's um, opener. All right. Presented by Factor Fabrication. That. What's Adam going to complain about today? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't complain at all last week. No, I said I had good things to say. I actually got a nice little mention in there. Thank I you know it was it was all because of your show and Ross Bentley's show. No, Hayward's is doing some rad Hayward's stuff my new Hayward. favorite guy, dude. I love that guy. I yeah, he's a good him. dude. He bought he's me cool. a uh, he bought me a little something something the other day. We had oh. we had drinks in Chicago. So. Oh, nice. Oh, I don't even like that. I don't even speaking like beer, of, but that's not a bad beer. Speaking of getting drinks in Chicago, I'm going to yeah. drop this right here, and you don't even know it's going to happen. Uh oh. What? For next season of Dinner with Racers, mm-hmm. I'm calling this out. This is my call out to everybody who's listening. My goal is to get Adam Jabay on that show because there's nobody oh. who deserves a free meal more than Adam Jabay. <laughs> Fact. I don't think they go for me. I don't race that much, nah, dude. Because <laughs> they need they need to get somebody in like the amateur ranks that's really moving I, and shaking. I do know somebody who's like pretty good friends with him. So there you go. See, I'm not gonna put my name in though. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> well, put your we name will. in. Yeah, you're being I, volunteered. I, I talked to. Um, to the other dude on that show. Why am I, I'm blanking right Eversley now. Eversley or Sean? No, Sean, Sean Heckman. Uh, I talked to him during season one when they first dropped it, um, when like Slip Angle had a bunch of hype behind it. Uh, and uh, and like we were going to do a show together, and we just never did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to get you on their show. That's my goal in life. So. Yeah, right. Now, now, now it's all the listeners' goal as well. Then I'm going to have so, nah, I guess I you can write in requests. They yeah, like a they did that last year. They had to requests, and I'm going to do that. So I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Cattill is, is one of his crew guys uh, for Heart right now. So Eversley? Uh, they, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're buddies now. So. I'll have to reach uh, out to telling, Cattill. We kept telling Eversley in social media to not let Cattill do the hood pins because <laughs> three like three races in a row, he forgot to do his hood pins and smashed his <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> And then uh, at the Daytona of 24, it was his, it was his duty to, to make sure the hood pins were. Right. 
but that wasn't awesome. uh, that that didn't fail in their car. But anyway, what's what's uh, what's Adam's opener? I want to listen to this. I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the group right He's now. Like a, like, it's like hey, a it's like a one it's a one person live show right now. It's literally <laughs> Adam in front of a live Adam o- studio yeah, audience. It's Adam Jabay's Ten Tens podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking too much. So I'm just gonna uh, start social media and take pictures of us doing this. That's perfect. Oh, Jesus. So uh, drive tribe, which I think is apparently still a thing. Who knew? Man, I they, didn't know. They've recently <laughs> introduced what is essentially hot or not for your car. I'm sure everybody remembers the 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 greatest website of all time, hotter.com. <laughs> That's my college right there. Yeah. That. It was my high school, but yeah, yeah, Junior absolutely. <laughs> Dating yourself there, uh, Jubei, but it's fine. Give me a break. I got to text James Sartre's back. <laughs> so, James? so uh, they added this. So I was like, eh, I'll bite. Yeah, we'll let's, let's, let's have our cars get shit on by strangers. So, how does it work? Do you just put post- so you submit a picture of your car, and then people can vote literally fire emoticon or poop emoji. <laughs> so uh, there's that. that- they're using That's fire. That's such and poop. an ego breaker, man. Ah. So I submitted all four of our vehicles, being uh, the Fiat and the RX-7, and then Robbie's 240 and my Omni. And believe it or not, <laughs> all four of us are predominantly fire. We're hot. That's good. We're fire. I'm not entirely surprised, except for Robbie, which for some reason, although Robbie's built a rad car. People, People hate seem it. to know. Teenagers like it. hate it. She, which is what, weird what because. What do they hate about it? What do they I don't hate know, about it? dude. Well, well, it's got a, a, a TLS, so people hate that. I don't know why. But even people before. People really hate that? Oh, dude. People are dumb. If if I post that picture on a 240 group, it gets shit on nonstop. Whoa. Why would you? That's like putting a dick on a hot girl. <laughs> like for real. Sounds good to me, man. If that's real, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. To each their own, man. I, I don't know. Wow. I don't understand it. What do they want you to put in there? Nissan okay, Yeah, a KA24. Like a, bone, like a bone stock. Even an SR, they're like, all right, keep it a KA, put a turbo on it. So I was cruising car throttle one day because every once in a while I like to do that to make myself feel better about myself because <laughs> there's a lot of terrible people there. For those of you listening, sorry. <clears throat> but there was somebody had posted a picture of a 240 that was pretty run down but bone stock. And somebody had – or he was like, oh, this is my new project. What should I do with it? And there were probably – 15 to 20 comments and all but one of them were restore it to factory original condition. And one person said LS swap it and like a dozen people had downvoted it. Those websites sound stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Very true. It's a bunch of yeah. It's we'll a bunch of it. teenagers. We'll leave it alone. So anyway, <laughs> uh hot or not. Basically, we're hot. We're hot. We're which that's cool. Let's be real here. We already do that. Yeah, yeah, we were coming in hot. So I'm just glad to see that Robbie's car did well. That's all. Yeah, I'm saying. yeah. yeah Robbie was the only one who got a comment above and beyond the the uh, hot or not emojis here, and so he got a comment. Someone told him that uh, I'm sorry, but how can you not think this is a sexy ass car? It's so, even sexier now. Sexier yeah, now with the blue. So I used I used one of. Michael's pictures from the photo shoot last summer, which is not the blue car. The blue car is way sexier. I so. like silver a little bit. <laughs> Damn it. Don't tell him that. He spent like hours and days and years on Chinese vinyl. Yeah, yeah putting how many colors of blue on that car? Oh, shit. It's, one, it's one color now. I fixed it. <laughs> I fixed it. I thought it was like four colors of blue. No, it was two because the one was chrome and then... And then now it's more of a satin chrome. 
You're being made fun of by a guy that literally just told us he spent $50 vinyling his car. Yeah. <laughs> With a bunch of three inch squares. It was $57. There's a picture of it behind me up on the wall, actually. Where is that car? What happened to that car? Is that a frame? What's that? Is that picture in a frame? Yeah, it's man. Look at this guy. Um, nice. That's a picture my buddy Sean Newton took at uh, I think Honda Meet years ago. Um, but no, the that car got sold to a dude in Atlanta who sold it to a dude in Seattle. And now the dude in Seattle it messages me every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's going great. So you should have kept it. Is what you're saying? Will never go away. Well, I, I love that Sierra. It's like coming back to I swapped to a B-series motor into it, like a you know 1.8 motor. And I had to add a bunch of, um, James just said to say hi to those nutmegs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. James says, hey, nutmegs. <laughs> I love that. Uh, when I put the big motor, 1.8 motor in, I had to add like 400-some pounds to the, to the car, and I just fell out of love with it. Like I loved it when it was 1975, and I didn't love it when it was 2381. I don't know. So, I think it's there. hilarious when he put the big motor in the it. Big, the one point eight. The, oh, dude, it's so big. <laughs> it's the biggest motor I've ever had. No, it's not. I had a bigger motor in my set. Biggest motor I had in that car, at least. It's funny. Yeah, pretty small. What, you guys, what else you can complain you guys, about? Crap, do you guys boy? know that he's got a V six, a rear engine swapped V six Civic? I think you did tell Jebe me. Jebe does. Yeah. Why have we not that. seen more of this? It's not done. It's never been done. <laughs> did you did you know that Jabay has a 240Z with a V8 swap? <laughs> oh, that's right. He does, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. God, Jabay. I got problems, dude. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to take the V8 out of that thing, I think. What are you going to put in it? Um, my buddy, Tal Kyle, uh, he was on a show a couple times. He's got a GTR. Uh, he was building the 240 for a little while or two, a 280 Z. Uh, and then he sold that to his buddy who put an RB 25 into it, but he had uh, Nissan V sixes, the VG 30. Um, and then that, tr- the, the tran- there's a real wheel drive trans out of the older Z 31s. I think the older 300 ZXs. Yep. uh, that, that trans is like stupid strong. Um, and you can make tons of power with boost on the VG 30s. And we put one of those into a 240 SX one time, S13, uh, really nice car. We did, a, we did a rear mount turbo and a VG30 with just rods and pistons and a Z31 trans. And like the gear, it's like, it's a big get track trans, I think. And it's basically like the super trans. It's really strong. Um, and so uh, that's kind of my dream, like super lightweight drift build. Uh, and so I might build a drift car next year. And it's either yeah. going to have the V8 or that in it. Uh, and Tolkien's got those things, and even today he was like, "Hey, when are you going to come pick this shit up?" Like literally an hour ago, he texted me, "Come pick this up. I don't have enough room in my garage, so that'll be a project that I build next year. Maybe we'll see." But do it. I think it's a good problem. idea. Just do it already. So many problems. <laughs> I have, yeah. No, I have to finish these car, these other two cars first. Like I'm building the full cage, like crazy rear seat Civic, like where you sit in the back seat. Uh, and I'm building a stupid Fraser thing that I <laughs> somehow got. I don't know why I have this, but I love it. Uh, and then I have an RV project always. And then I'm right, right now I'm remodeling a basement too. It's so, it's so dumb. I'm stupid. And I work in people's houses. And I and I'm he texts us all the time. He's like, "Oh man, I'm tired." I'm like, "No shit, <laughs> you're a little busy." I'm so tired, dude. <laughs> and I have a podcast, usually bi-weekly. Sometimes, sometimes you have a podcast. Podcast, good life. Hey, we've been getting better. On to me. I know. 
Free Jeff. I'm just saying. I know Jeff Braun shows are Jeff. coming. They're, we just gotta get. We gotta sell some ads for him. Austin wants to sell ads for the Jeff Braun show. <laughs> 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 they were my favorite shows we've ever recorded ever. He's been teasing me with this since PRI. I know. I know. Keeps, oh, these, those shows were so Four good. They're the, the most. They're the best ever. shows ever. Jeff, Jeff Ron rules. He rules so hard. I want to just give him a show and like pay him to do it because it'll be that good. Oh, I'm sure. It's so rad. He's so good. I'll donate to that cause. Yep. Oh, so before we move off this, on the subject of factor fabrication, we have to take a quick pit stop because Robbie has actually raced this year. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I did. Let's I, talk about I this. I got a race. But, but he did this not year? race in the 240. Yeah, he yet. raced yesterday. Really? He raced in the Maxima. <laughs> v, VQ30 or VQ35s are pretty fast cars. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know. It probably what it is. Uh, yeah. It's the newest body style Maxima, so no, it's, it's probably... It's a 2011. Oh. It's Those probably, are fast. Those are like 13-second cars. It's it's quick. He's it's got 290 a C, horsepower. He's got a CVT in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he did come second in H-Stock, so... H-Street. Nice. Or H-Street. Yeah, which is really funny. It is funny. Yeah, well, I... I Were I, you second out of two? Second out of four. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it was, it was Ryan with his Fiesta ST, and then, right. there, then it was me, and then I honestly didn't pay attention to the other two. Why right. weren't you one of the... What do you guys do? The XP nerds? Why weren't you <laughs> one of those guys? Because I didn't want to drive the 240 down three miles of soupy uh, um, three-day rain gravel road. Why didn't you and enter was, XP in a Maxima? That's what I told him. It's probably the same bolt pattern wheels. Put some Hoosiers on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good was, point, actually. What was, did you put the Hoosiers on? It was 33 degrees. Ah. Uh, nah, that's, that's your point. Yeah, I'm not putting putting slicks out in that temperature. No. I'll give you that one, Robbie. No. But he raced uh, He raced the the famous Z3. Yeah. Booney won XP at, oh, well. at 60 seconds, and then I was only six seconds behind him in a bone stock Maxima <laughs> at 66 seconds, so... Things Take that be, how you will. Things will be fun when the 240 hits the street. When was the last time you autocrossed? Oh, it's almost a year to the day. Yeah, it's been a while. I did one. Of, I did one of the first events, and then I never went to another autocross. It was everything else we did for the podcast: drifting, uh, PDXs, stuff like that. Grid life. Went to that stuff. Didn't you probably to... drift that thing too? So no more drifting. He's not doing it. No more drifting. It's too destructive. I need a second car or a third car. Or four. I understand that. I'm not going to build this very nice because I'm not anticipating myself being good at it. <laughs> I understand that. I probably shouldn't build it at all for that because it's probably worth way more money than I'm going to have into it. That'll be fine. Just build it and then don't drift it. You should Because I think the thing now is to build a car that looks like a drift car but don't drift it. Great idea. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Doing it. Easy button. Yep. <laughs> you could drift the Fraser. I already have drifted the frame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talent and saved it with right foot. Don't save it with right foot, kids. No, <laughs> don't no. do what Jabay does. Do what Jabay tells you. So anyway, um, factorfabrication.com. Check out our, our buddy Booney's uh, place. He's got commercial residential fabrication. Um, he's a hell of a fabricator, and he's got some cool shit on his website for sale as well. So yeah, factorfabrication.com. Yeah, it looks Pretty like he builds red stuff. He, he does, really, really does. He's quite the dude. What kind of car does he drive uh, in uh, in autocross? He's got a supercharged clown shoe. Ooh. Yeah. S52 <laughs> or S54 motor? Uh, yes. I can't answer that question accurately. <laughs> does it make like loud loud BMW noises? Well, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't well, think that there's... one of those two. <laughs> yeah. 
It, I don't I, know which one it is. I don't know enough about that. I just know it's a clown shoe, and then he put a supercharger on it. Yeah, I, those those uh, the S fifty fours. Some people complain about the sound of them. Man, I kind of dig them. When you put the right airbox on them, they sound awesome. Um, There's a bunch of one that used to compete with us that had a big carbon airbox, and it sounded so good. Oh, so rad. There's a bunch of them that drift with uh, O-Drift in Omaha, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of them that don't sound very good, I'm going to be honest. Mm, some of them don't sound very good. There is a meme about straight-piped BMWs out there. That's all I'll say. They are <laughs> freaking the, the loud. The S54 is ITBs. I don't think the S52 or S50 are, but yeah. uh, the ITB ones, when you put the right induction oh, yeah. and stuff on them, they're awesome, but yeah, sometimes sure. they're not. So. Man, I just keep derailing you guys. I'm sorry. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's nice to have somebody else off, run. Got off the show when you tried to kick me off a few minutes. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> I, You're it, stuck it's now. It's nice because somebody else can run the show and you can just kind of let it happen. We just coast. If you ever need me to come on your show and run your show, let me know. You just want to have it? You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy, man. I told Boom. <laughs> Solved it. I tried to steal it from uh, your co-host the other day. He's like, does anybody want, he put on track Midwest, does anybody want a podcast? And I said, yes. And he didn't respond. To <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> we yeah, offered. But I think it was around Christmas time. He was like, you want to just do this by yourself? I'm getting sick of talking about cars. And I'm like, dude, I ain't got nothing to talk about either. <laughs> I told you, dude, let me know. Do- now we're still doing them. I'll so. come host. <laughs> you let me know, man. Haven't Anytime. you guys been doing this for two years? This whole like, yeah, yeah okay, we'll keep doing them. Uh it's been two winters at yeah. least. Yeah. yeah, it's hard in the winter time when you're when you're not doing fun car things. When you're doing like the car things that you have to do in order to do the fun car things. But I like building cars. But like, you know, like I also gotta hang out with my wife and my kids sometimes. And you run out of time when you're doing all this crap. So podcast suffers in the winter time. But luckily, we recorded a lot of PRI and we can kind of string them along and make it seem like we're still doing a show. <laughs> We're just uh, producing or writing for the uh, next season of uh, Slip Angle. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Big changes coming soon. Meanwhile, Jabay's asleep on the couch. <laughs> I wanted to be asleep on the couch. Yeah. In the garage covered in 10W30 from this leaky New Zealand piece of shit. <laughs> Careful. We have some New Zealand listeners. We do have a guy in New Zealand. I'm not talking any shit about New Zealand. I'm talking shit about the cars they built in 93. <laughs> It's not a big deal, man. I love a kiwi as much as the next guy. <laughs> sometimes kiwis go bad. You got to throw them things away. They get they get brown. You know? <laughs> I wish I should have thrown this piece of shit away five years ago at Gingerman Raceway, and then I, somehow I got it a couple of years after they should have chucked oh, it. Oh, man. Again. You want to do some news, Jabay? Uh, it's not my show. <laughs> Jabay wants to do some news. He does. Uh, first one up here, Ford's. Uh, we we've basically seen a teaser of the new Bronco, and if you're watching YouTube, it's not that. It's that one. So are you, are you excited about the general silhouette? Yes, I am. I think that this super, is going to be good. Super boxy looking. I thought it was going to be just a stupid mini SUV piece of shit. Yeah, this thing looks. I mean, it looks like a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It looks like it's the windshield's super short. I wish I could see what you guys are looking at, but you're not doing Skype correctly. It kind of looks the like Peter an FJ Cruiser. Yes, it does. FJ Cruisers are red. Yes, <laughs> incorrect, yes! sir. Incorrect. Woo! Incorrect. What else? What else did I say was red? That oh, rat rods. Rat rods are red too. They are red. <laughs> incorrect. It's okay, Adam. I'm, I'm with you. <sighs> yeah, rat rods are red. <laughs> and that thing is red looking too. I like the way that thing looks. I think. I think they've got something good here. 
Yeah, I think they listen to their, uh, I don't know, fans for a better term, uh, customers. Let's just hope they don't fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, everyone wanted it, a uh, Bronco that's like the Bronco. Yeah, but, for like but, the last 20 years. But now they're talking about that's going to be four-door, not two-door, which I think is going to make it a problem. That doesn't surprise me at all, and I don't know that it'll really be that because everybody said that about the four door Jeep, and it's done just fine. You're they right. sell a shit. Probably though. they probably sell more of those than they do the two doors. Right. So I think honest. people like make a big deal of it, and then they'll go and buy it anyway, and yeah. then they'll just forget about the fact that they made a big deal about it and move on with life. Yeah. Or if they did make the two door, they still wouldn't buy the two door. Like they wouldn't. Have sell you guys it. driven a four door Jeep? No. No. I don't know that I've ever driven. I rode one. in that one at Chicago maybe twice <laughs> They're now. Freaking great. <laughs> it's a lot of space. It's very expensive, I, though. We rented one in Hawaii, and I had water over the the hood of that thing. <laughs> just, dude, it was awesome. It was so rad. You need to build a Jeep. You should build an off-road vehicle. I would love to do off-road things, but I have too many other obsessions right now. If you guys had a grid life event at RPM, you could have a mud bog. Why don't you just we call it dirt life doing, and have a whole no, other we series? we talked about doing a grid life event called Off the Grid. Oh, oh shit. Man. Oh, it's so man. bad. I'm not going to that. that. I'm in. Austin might have named that one. <laughs> Weird. Um, but uh, yeah, he wants to do an off-road grid life event a lot. <laughs> Is he going to enter just, He just wants to take his motorcycle. No, his ambulance. Which one? He's got like three now. Really? He's, <laughs> you know, he's out of his mind. He's obsessed with everything that's not race cars. It's not race cars, <laughs> cars yeah. He wants to buy an S2000 again, so who yep. knows? Yep, saw that. That yeah. was, but to be fair, he did post on Track Midwest again something about maybe wanting a BMW or something, and the very first comment was like, <laughs> really, are we doing this again? <laughs> Last time you bought an ambulance. <laughs> you didn't listen to any of us. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. He did a lot of those last year. <laughs> He's an indecisive boy. <laughs> well, hopefully he gets something fun that he can track or not yeah, track great. or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I get in California, it's hard, though. I, I can understand mind. that. He runs track Love days. That's I understand. I'm job. trying to give him a little bit of slack. Well, literally, he does way more track days than any of us because yep. he works for another company out there also, Speed Ventures. So he's doing like 20 events a year with them and like 10 events a year, eight events a year with us. And I think Homeboy's burned out on track. That's probably why he doesn't have a car. (laughs) But now he wants to buy a car again. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. What's next? So anyway, credit where credit's due to Ford, I think, for... We'll hope. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. First-gen Broncos were so cool. My uncle had one of the 351 swap in it. Man, it was rad. Is that the O.J. Simpson gen? No. No, no, way early. Okay. Yeah, like 70s gen. Oh, okay. See, I'd have a scout if I was going to rock The one that Jonathan Ward... Charges you a lot of money for. Oh, right. That, yeah, that yeah, version. Yeah. The problem is mm-hmm. they're only going to put a four-cylinder in this. The Bronco. Yeah. You get is hybrid. EcoBoost four-cylinder that can like run 12s? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Well, cool. You know what? This will be out for all of six weeks before somebody stuffed a Coyote in it, so I think it's not that big or a deal. It'll, it'll be out it'll for be, three yeah, weeks be before they have an LS in it, and yeah. six weeks before they get a Coyote. So if you really the coyotes want one, just so big. Coyote motors they're huge. They're not small. Just put one of those in the Fraser. Thought about uh, I thought about an LS for a while. <laughs> I would have too. I guess just that. A, just a death missile. That's all that Dude. is. That's so much like, torque. Oh, it would have been so bad. It. Uh, I thought about it for a while today. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think it's too late for an LS. I think if I redid the trans tunnel, there's enough room. But it's oddly not that big. No, they're very compact. It's probably not much wider than the R1 motor turned sideways. Yeah, I believe that, actually. I'm looking at it right now thinking, man, I should put a V8 in this. I can get you some measurements if you want. 
You could literally uh, find a V8 in the next 20 minutes. Give me some measurements again. I looked them up <laughs> six months ago. Yeah, I can. I can. I, can I get need to get you one of those. We've actually blocks. we got a full CAD file for you. We'll just send it <laughs> yeah, to you. I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I really thought heavily about was a K swap. Um, we you know we've talked about K swapping things on Slip Angle a lot. Yep. But, You're kind of the foremost like expert in K swap things. What's that? You're kind of an expert. I don't really like K series motors though. Is that because they are they're too good for you? Know. They make too much power. You couldn't handle that. He wants to LS swap it, Adam. No, like Let I, him. I don't know. There's something about them that like I'm just not in love with them. But man, they can make a lot of power for a four cylinder, like yes, three hundred wheel NA, like like stock bottom ends. Like they're stupid. Um, and I did a lot of measurements. And K Miata came out with a BMW trans option now. Um, K Miata is my buddy David Calzada and uh, we did the prototypes for the first K-Swap Miata in my garage uh, using like a bell housing adapter plate to mount a BMW or a K-Series to a Miata Trans and it uses the factory Miata power plant frame which ties the Trans to the rear end and all that jazz Um, custom cross member to clear the oil pan a custom oil pan to f- clear the cross member. <laughs> <laughs> the st- clear steering rack. I mean, the steering rack literally needs to occupy the same space as the oil pan. So perfect. So I had to build the first oil pan. It was difficult, but he now he now came up with this like BMW trans option, which E30, E36, and E46 use all the same bell housing, I guess. Um, and the trans are like 150 dollars, and they're stupid strong because <laughs> Miata trans can hold like 300 horsepower, and like that's it, and then they explode and they become glass. <laughs> uh, but the BMW trans can do like 650 or 800 wheel horsepower. I guess. Wow! Whoa. Um, so we measured it up, and the BMW trans is super compact, also, and it'll fit in the Fraser like now. <laughs> <laughs> So that might be a thing someday. <laughs> someday when I get really sick uh, of the R1 not being correct or never running, uh, I'll buy some, B- some BMW Trans and K-Swap parts, but we'll see. But it's tall, so it'll be through the top of the engine, or the, in- the engine bay, but so will the R1 because the R1 is weird-shaped and bike-motory. So. It's all right. Enough it's like sticking a supercharger Sorry. out of your hood. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's for effect. It's for show. Not a big deal. Yeah, it's, rad, it's, it's right? a hot rod thing. People it's get a rat it. rod. Yeah, people get it. I need to stop talking about myself. <laughs> I'm getting sick of myself now. Nah, it's, nah, it's all good, dude. Where's the, where's the red hang-up button? <laughs> That's all right. Robbie's got a mute key over there. The he can just mute you. Uh, let's see. Audi plans to release a new model every three weeks in 2018. Three That's weeks. Awesome. Stupid. Eighteen I have, cars. I have I have a conspiracy theory about this. Okay. It's all the same car. Oh yeah, it is. They just Drum the piece package. of paper is bigger or smaller. Because <laughs> if you looked at Audis lately, they oh, all yeah. look exactly oh, the I same. Oh, I couldn't so agree more. So they're just like, hey, look, this is the A8. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, hey, this is the A6. And you're like, okay. And they're like, hey, this is the A. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> this is all the same well, shit, isn't it? That's just a different color. It's 03. They their entire model. It's true. Is the same damn car. They yeah, just it's, blow it's, it up with an with an air hose. It's definitely getting stale. I'd say they're cool cars. Yeah, though. yeah. They're, I mean, they're they're nice. When I they're just under don't even. Warranty. I don't even. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The things that <laughs> don't even get me started. He's been just yeah. on point today. Don't get me started. Right. You know what? I'll I'll make a bold statement. I don't like Audi anymore. I think that their styling is lazy, and I'll have a Mercedes. Thanks. Yeah, I'm right there with you, dude. Mercedes all the way. I have a cousin who was a Mercedes tech. I'm not having a Mercedes. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted to own one. I said I want to borrow one. Yeah, I can like <laughs> lease it. Homeboys got stories. <laughs> I believe that. So, I think that's it. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It sounds it's just stupid. Insane. The rollout, like 
Uh, are they talking new models or trim packages? No, they they're talking? just mid-cycle refreshes and bullshit like that. Yeah. It's got a new uh, front end. Might, yeah, it might be a refresh. Might be a couple new cars, but right. You could have the Audi A3 May edition and then yeah. the April edition. <laughs> it's the perfect. It's the A3 electric edition. It's the e-tron. It's yeah, there's a, a bunch of e-tron yeah. stuff and hybrid stuff. I think that's probably all it's going to be is like all electric variants of cars they already make. Look, it's new. We've made it green. <laughs> Yep. No thanks. We took the grill out. See? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we we signed a deal with another stupid technology company for an odd proprietary uh, input port for the stereo. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. The anger. <laughs> did, you, did you have one of those? Uh, no, I didn't because my car is too old for that, but I know exactly what you're talking they about. They had like a 10-year deal with an obsolete dongle. So, yeah. Who did? Tell, tell, me about, did? tell me about that. Audi did. did. So you so they didn't have like a like a USB jack or anything like that on their radios for years because they made they yeah. they made a 10-year deal with a company and they I can't remember what the name of or what the like how they, Apple had the different plug-in? Apple yeah, does. Basically, yeah. they they like put a Betamax in the, in their car for ten years when you know VHS was the rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Smart. you couldn't you couldn't just like go grab that cord out of your house because you you know you lost or the one that went bad you had to go to Audi and buy that cord That's because 60 bucks a piece oh probably yeah Man. nailed it yeah don't no. do that twice no real life is bothering me I might, I might need to let you guys go do you want to jump off I think I may need to jump off that's cool man thank Fine. you very much thanks for having me dudes yeah nice. always appreciated I listened to your show this morning, and I uh, I love my Mondays. I love my Monday uh, ten tenths. We appreciate that. We, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks Bye-bye. for coming on, man. Later. <laughs> love you, babe. Um, yeah, check out Grid.life and uh, and Slip Angle wherever you download podcasts and all that jazz. So, anybody's got any questions for Grid Life? Adam at Grid.life is my email. There cool. You go. Thanks, babe. I love you. All right, homies. <laughs> love you too. Bye. See ya. All right, I think we can keep rolling here, Robbie, if we just pretend like we're doing a normal show. Yeah, like exactly. We're ready to go. Um, what's next here? The new Kia Stinger is faster than a Mustang GT. Yeah, if you let a shitty driver drive it. Is that the deal? Yeah, so so I read it. I didn't read too much into it, but it kind of, yeah, like, you know, baby. So, so it's a, they're doing a drag race with a Kia Stinger and then the new Mustang. With a six-speed in it. Yes. Six-speed versus an automatic. Yeah, so right. the Kia Stinger's got an automatic. The Mustang's got a manual transmission. and a, So it's up to the driver. And the driver did it, what, 13.2 seconds? 13.3? I can't remember. 13.3. Yep. And then the Kia did it in 12.9. But if you let a good driver, like the Ford driver, do it, he'll do it in 12.6. Really? Yes. Oh, so Jesus. car and driver got a 12.6. But okay, so let's think about this for a second. The Mustang is 100 horsepower more than the Kia. And they're about okay. the same weight. So the the Kia, on the best run in whatever this, I think it was like an Australian. It was in magazine, Australia. Yep. They got a twelve eight three. That's car, fast. Think about that. Yeah, it That's is fast. fast. It's quick. Yeah. Um, car and driver on their best run in the Mustang, which they're probably somewhat of an authority of doing. I it, think that it, it's, it's quarter mile times. All the things the that, that they are they good at, they seem to have the most scientific approach to those things. They got a twelve six. So it's only 0.2 of a second faster for 100 horsepower. So I think that's the takeaway. Gearing. Yes. Yes. Now, everybody's like, well, that Mustang out of the box is an 11-second car. <laughs> mm, not really. Okay. How are we mathing that out? 
Okay, so Hot Rod ran an 11.8 in a stock Mustang. With slicks on it? Twenty Stock tires, 26 PSI in the back on a prep surface in the 10-speed auto with launch control. Sounds like cheating to me. A little bit. I, know, I wouldn't call that. I wouldn't stacking, call that stacking a, the deck. I wouldn't call that a quarter, like a reportable quarter mile time, because I can't do that. You could. You take down to Eddieville. Yeah, well, at a yeah, track. See, that's track. where it falls down. So I guess yeah, that's the question. I guess I've never even thought about that. Does car and driver do theirs on prep tracks, or they just do it on an airstrip? It's a no prep. I think it's a track, but it's not prepped. Okay. Huh. When I've seen the videos of them doing it, it's a track, but there's not. Okay. There's no preparation down. Okay. Yep. So, now Road and Track only got a 13.2, which would be the same as the Australian magazine. Okay. So. That's interesting to me that there's such a huge variance in what should be a relatively simple test. Yeah. And, and Ford does not publish a time. As I would not either. Although they do have, don't they? Is this the one with line lock? Can't you get line lock yes, on this absolutely. one? absolutely. Yeah. But you don't report a quarter mile time? Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's not a drag just, package. Just for doing. If it's got line lock, it's for drag <laughs> racing. I'll bet you that there's some liability lawyer out there saying no, we can't say. Probably that. something dumb. But anyway, so yeah, that you know whether or not that was true, probably did have a shitty driver. But let's just say for but most the, people, for most people, the key is probably faster. But for the sake of not making people with Mustangs angry, they're about the same speed. Yeah, roughly. It's near as makes no difference. Right. You can't, you but, uh, you out there and see if you can bang out a 12 6 three times in a row, and then I will say fine. The Mustang <laughs> is faster for you. But I I think that's amazing that they're able to do that with that. This, that's an impressive car. Yeah, it really oh, yeah, is. Legitimately. It really is. Because that's a bigger car. It's a f- yeah, it looks it's huge in that picture. It looks, I mean, is there, not, a, it's is there like a coupe? I think it's 200 pounds more than the Mustang. Is there a coupe version? They're all four doors. They're all four, they're all four, they're all four, they're all four doors, and they're hatches. So it's like a family car. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a what, what, it's do you, what do you want out of life, man? So I, not much more. Really. I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's a really cool car. That might be one of the few cars we all agree on. Actually, That's I think I, good. I I think we agree. I saw one the other day on Friday. I was like, Did you? Good looking. I haven't seen one in real car. life yet. I'm, I'm really from, looking forward to I've seeing it from a far distance. I've actually been up that close to it. I'm hoping that one shows up at like a Cars and Coffee this year. And Should have autocrossed. It could have been HS with me. I very seriously got there in <laughs> H Street. What would they be in? I would guess that they probably lumped those in with the Corvettes and the Camaros and stuff like that. I don't see why that car wouldn't be perfectly competitive with those. Probably like an A Street or maybe a B Street somewhere in there. I'm curious. You think A Street's where the Vets too. are? Yeah, I'm sure it's not. And the M3s, that's probably a little much. I would say B Street. Fair enough. enough. I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah, find out. All right, next one here. McLaren, the F1 team, lands a flip-flop sponsor. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So good. Perfect. I love it so much. Genius. <laughs> Someone should get a bonus for their oh, marketing For ideas. sure. Absolutely. Gandhi's or Gandhi's, however you want to say that. We'll say Gandhi's. Gandhi's. G-A-N-D-Y-S. Uh, yeah, they're... It's a very charitable organization, this Gandy's Place. They sell flip-flops. Now they've got a limited edition McLaren flip-flop, if you so choose. It doesn't have a bunch of the proceeds go somewhere. It goes to Orphans for Orphans, because the owner of Gandy's is an orphan. That's good. I'm going to be honest. I don't wear flip-flops. Would rock a McLaren limited edition flip-flop. They are orange. 
I'm not even like a McLaren fanboy. Would totally I rock a McLaren flip flop. That's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, somebody needs a raise. That's it's hilarious. It's yeah, good they, stuff. They earn their bonuses. This year. is the kind of For stuff that sure. we need more often in racing. Yeah, it's Just funny. A little joke. It's lighthearted. Ha, ha, ha. It's a good time. Everybody benefits. Instead of bitching about it, you just you take the goods with the bads and you figure out a way to make it lighthearted. Go McLaren. I think that's it. It's just fun, right? Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Can I, can I throw a couple curveballs in here? Because it is Monday, my and this show is going to so come out six days after this. Yeah. Uh, so I some I, some things came up this week. I Robbie. Have, I already have like two news stories for next week on the, on the docket. Robbie. That's how yeah, this yeah. happens. Good news. Great news? Great news. There's a new Z car coming. <laughs> oh, I did see that. Yep, that was on my list. And it's called the 400Z. So... And it's built on the, the one of the infinities. Who knows which one? Q sixty probably. Whatever. And uh, is that is that an actual rendering? Of I have it? no idea. No, I don't. I've think. Seen something. I haven't seen a rendering of it. But anyway, it's got a twin turbo V six. Yeah, I'm gonna break our rule and pick up my phone because I have a quote from one of these articles that I wanted to bring up for this. See, I didn't get a chance to actually read this because I know none of I us went, did. That's I went we're straight just, from we're curveballing this. Adam Jabay ran the show for an hour and a half, and now we're just kind of doing whatever the hell we want. Yeah, what? But four hundred and seventy five horsepower, Robbie. It's quick. And, uh, you know, considering in the past we reported that they didn't really give a shit about this car. Let's hope they do. Sounds like 2020 this is going to come out. That'll be about time for a new GTR rendering, please. 2020. So, anyway. No no rendering. Looking forward to seeing what what this is all about. It may be all-wheel drive, maybe an all-wheel drive option. I kind of hope that they do... They, I hope they update the GTR, like, instead of just a facelift, do a whole new thing. Yeah. Completely restyle it. And then I'd like to see either a new S chassis or a new Z chassis. I think that there is a very, very small chance that this will not be a hybrid. Why you got to do that to me? I'm sorry, Robbie. I just think that's the realism. Realistic new, well, so it's built on, so there's the red edition or whatever, the Red Sport Infinity, Infinity Q, whatever, yep. blah, blah, yep. 50 maybe. Okay. And it's, it's this chassis. And they're talking about this motor. Oh. But it makes more power in this configuration, which who knows how they're doing that exactly. But, right. Um, so it's based on a car that exists, which may be why they're doing it. I suppose. But it's good news. I don't think it's going to be cheap, though. No, it'll be like and I'm sure it'll, it, it sounds like it's going to come in some different variants, if I had to guess. I don't know if they're all going to be 475 horsepower, but... Who knows? We need more chassis... Rear-wheel drive chassis that later on we can buy and do stupid shit with. Yes. When there's, they get cheap, cu- wrecked, those sorts of things. There's a couple of BRZs at the autocross. I'm just sitting there just going, oh, thinking about it. you. I want you. You should be co-parting, Robbie. You just, need to be, you just need to be a couple years older. A couple more years, boy. I'm, I'm waiting to strike. So, uh, while we're on this, I'm going to call autocar.co.uk. What do they do? So, uh, they are... They're talking about this new 400Z or whatever it is. And uh, they say, by comparison, the outgoing 370Z has a turbocharged 3.7 liter V6 power plant. I wish. Uh, no. 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 Auto car is like a big deal. Yeah. That'd be like car and driver saying. Yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. Where was the editor? Well, you know this. You know better than that. Come on. Bro. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So. Anyway. Can I do one more? Because if we don't, people are going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just won't let it go. Because this came out today, too. 
Uh, the woman that was killed by the autonomous car. That's a whole. We could do a whole topic on. This. I know, but I just, I just want to put it out there. Do you want to hit, so nobody be like, you guys talk about autonomous car. Didn't talk about. It. Yeah, it's because it was. It shows it happened was like three up. days anyway, ago. So, or three minutes ago. Right. So anyway, yeah, the woman got killed by the. If you want to hear Uber. our feelings about this, you can go to episode forty and all the ones around that time. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of flouting. I know we kind of flouting it's, the law, Dan Blazarian. It's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> That's I good. forgot how much I, I loved that episode. It was so funny. Two sixes and a nine. Is two that six, what it's called? Two, yeah, crossing the street or something. I think it's two sixes With and Dan a nine Blazarian the street. And, uh, Pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah. It's a great episode. But no, I think it, it just kind of proves that we're jumping the gun on this autonomous testing, in my opinion. I think it was my opinion a year ago. It's my opinion now. It's uh, I'm wearing my Human Driving Association t-shirt right now. Um, I, I, We're not ready. I mean... I don't know how you, I don't know what I don't I I couldn't tell you when we could be ready or what type of testing you could do to prove that we're ready but this proves that we're not it's it's tragic a woman was literally walking her bike across the street not riding her bike walking across the street like you're supposed to and just got ran over and that I mean at, on Monday that's all we know right and it's I do know she was not in a crosswalk right I don't know that that should matter with the autonomous car it should not and, yeah, and then you then you'll get the, the naysayers that'll argue. Well, would a human been able to stop? Given the circumstances on Monday, we don't know. Like, did she jump out in front? Was the was the person in the driver's seat that's supposed to take over control not paying attention? Could it have been avoided? It's just like all the data is not out yet, so it's really hard to make our, a lot of judgment calls without making really rash assumptions. I don't think even if all the data was out, you still can't. I mean, we still don't know whether or not somebody may have been able to prevent that if there was someone driving instead. No, exactly. And I think this, as horrible as it is to say, that this almost had to happen before someone got off their ass and said, all right, time to make a precedence. This this is how it's going to go down. If you run over somebody, you're liable. You know, or who's liable? Like, is it the company? Is it the driver? Is it the car manufacturer? Is it Uber? I think, like we had stated before, at the end of the day, Autonomous laws shouldn't really be any different than than laws as they are with drivers in them. Whoever is, you know, if if that pedestrian is at fault, then that pedestrian is at fault. If the driver or if the car is at fault, then you as the person in the car are responsible. Yeah, I've changed my mind on that. I think it's, I think it's the programmer's fault. So well, so I think it's the company's fault if that's the case. I guess when we when we did that that uh, MIT game thing, the end results were either kill the passengers or the pedestrians. Yeah. And I feel like in a normal traffic scenario, it's either stop or not. It's either stop and not kill the pedestrian or kill the pedestrian. Right. You know, if I'm driving down the road, I can stop. And assuming that the person behind me is either autonomous or paying attention, they'll stop too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say if that car even hit its brakes. You know what I mean? Well, we don't know. It's it's legitimately being investigated by the whatever National Highway Safety Administration. Yeah. NHTSA. Yeah, that's it. NHSTA. Something. Yeah. I never get that. I never get that right. But so anyway, it's it's being investigated. We will find out. I think really what's obviously it's tragic. This woman died for no reason, Uh, but also we will see what the outcome of the legislation is. In itself would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, and I'm curious how long. Like, is everyone just going to halt and 
and get off the road while we wait, or are we going to just see cars back on the road yeah. doing the Tom's testing next week? And Uber is at the moment anyway. Yeah, it they're, they're would probably pausing. be in their best interest to stop for until the Uber's investigation's over. Uber's got enough things over. going against them. They should yeah. probably yeah. just tread lightly. Surprise, they're still a thing. So, anyway, it's out there. We will see what happens. I'm sure there will be lots more information by the time this comes out, but so uh, maybe we'll talk worth about mentioning. It next week. Yeah. Yes. No, not next week. No, oh, that's right. We will break next week. Sorry, Spring break. People. God, they're gonna be so Spring mad break. at us. I know. Well, hey, Free they should. We should get a little Sorry. credit because we're doing this on Monday because I'm out of town, and then next week Robbie's out of town. Yeah. So we right. should get a little bit of credit yeah. for trying to not take two weeks off. Right. And letting people know ahead of time. Like, so don't bitch about. Go it. back and listen to the Dan Blazarian episode. The MIT absolutely crossing the road, yeah. Two sixes and a nine. Yeah, crossing go the back road. and watch and listen to that. <laughs> that's if that's not clickbait title. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what is. So anyway, just want to get those off my chest while I, we have a show this week. I understand. If we're um, just getting stuff out here, real quick. Yeah, why not? I got one more. Okay, great. Let's <laughs> do, do it. it for Robbie specifically. Oh, the Nissan one was for Robbie. I know. Robbie I've got two. another this, one for. This Robbie. is my episode. Well, it, it is, is now. It is because Jabez's gone. He's done. You know, just blatantly doing whatever he wants whatever to. He yeah, wants. Just yeah. You know what? Mark he agreed two. with me on a lot of Frankly, things. Frankly, it was rude. He has his own podcast. He should just stay there. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm literally this. This is me in the future waiting, getting the message from Jabay. Hey, hey, fucker! <laughs> you invited me. Anyway, uh, so the Supra confirmed for not coming out in 2018. Boom. Called it. <laughs> what do you mean? Like uh, it will not be a production ready vehicle in the year of 2018. We will not see yeah, that I car. It was 2019. They s- no that remember that thing we did right that at the thing, beginning of the year. Yep, that thing we did at the beginning oh, of the year. Ten yeah. cars, ten three cars. and a half cars we're looking forward to in <laughs> yeah, 20. Exactly. Right, right. So the Supra not happening this year. Supra. 2019. <laughs> if they is were perfectly reasonable, if they were smart, Toyota, what they would do is never release that car. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep racing it. Think of the mental masturbation that happens online uh, every time they have a new super that comes, like a new rendering or. Do new you think model they sell any new... cars that way though? But think of all the PR. It's but like free sell- press. But what if you're not selling any cars because of it? It's not well, like they have, to, yeah, they have to have something. To maybe, sell. maybe that super didn't come out. Maybe, guess I'll buy a Camry. Wait, maybe the conspiracy is people buy the Z4 instead because they're like, "Fuck it, I'm tired of this shit. It's the same car anyway." Maybe I'm gonna BMW buy this. is paying them not to release the Toyota. Yes, that could I'll be. Agree. They get they get sense. the Toyota name out there, and then people go out and buy the BMW, and then BMW slides them some cash under the table. We'll give you in every article it states. Based on the Z form yeah, platform, Z, we'll Z. give you we'll give you you know points on on every car we sell. Right. Hmm. Conspiracy. <laughs> I don't. I still don't like bits of it. I think they, they could have changed things. Well, about this is it. the race car. You got to what? Well, I, I, yeah, but I still don't. There's, I don't know, it's just kind of a weird car to me. I'm I don't. Not, I'm not super pumped on it. I like it. I just know that I'm not going to like the price. So I'm I just think not, it's yeah, funny. I'm not, that, I'm, not, I'm not even considering. Like, I think it's, it's funny that they released the race car before we have any idea what the regular car will look like. Not I mean, s- obviously we can we can extrapolate from here, but that yeah. thing's eight inches wider all the way around and stuff like that. There's no way. Well, this is what everyone's going to build them to. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to buy it and be like, I want it to look like that. I don't know if that's a good marketing move or a bad marketing move to release uh, the race car first. Prove it on track first. It, well, it, it, it's a it's a sink or swim. If they do really well on track, it'll sell. Yeah. If it, if it bombs, it's not gonna sell. Well, I mean, it'll sell a little, but 
I don't know. I think people still buy it. I yeah. think I, I think there is a market of people that wanted one when they were like a teenager. You know, oh, yeah. They have like real jobs and IT and shit. And like, yeah, I'll get a new Supra. This is going to be sweet. Same price as the old Supra. Super, same so price as the old Supra. But this one has a warranty. And might be faster or might not. Who knows? It'll look good at Cars stock and Coffee. For stock, it probably is. Yeah. It'll be a good Cars and Coffee car. It probably would be a decent HPDE car. I'd imagine, yeah. You know? It's got to handle pretty well. I, they'll sell them. I wish it was, you know, I don't know what the price is going to be, but I, it's not going to be cheap. I wish it was going to be cheaper. It's probably but, Corvette money, really. Which yeah, I think is what the old see. one was. It was yeah. Corvette. Yeah, I was up there with the RX when the RX-7 was out, and that was super expensive. Yep. At least it's not. We can't have our cake and eat it, too. No, you can't. We think the BRZ is too expensive, so, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt. I think all new cars are too expensive. I can't afford <laughs> any of them, so. Yeah. I'm looking at $1,000 beaters right now, so. That's where I'm at in my life. Does anybody else have surprise news stories? I think that's all I got. Okay. We can end the show then. I guess. Ten tens podcast.com. Go to YouTube. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. You need to look good for your summer antics. Exploits. Sun's out, guns out. Do we still have tanks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sun's, sun's out, out, guns out. out. Yeah.